Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mild and Lazy Guys podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew. And we're fresh off the heels from a thrilling Mavericks Game 5 victory. we got a great show for you today. In our junk mail segment, that's our newly named news desk segment, I've got four titillizing news stories for you. In our Mount Rushmore, we're going to view our favorite movie soundtracks of all time. Uh... We've got our Pick Your Poison segment, of course, as always. In our movie review segment, we're going to review the 1993 Disney film, Cool Runnings. We're going to talk sports a little bit. We're going to talk the NFL draft, or excuse me, not the NFL draft, the NFL player awards for 2021. Our predictions, we're going to give you our predictions. We're going to talk about the NFL's top 100 players list that got released. We're going to talk a little Mavs, a uh, little Rangers, and maybe, if we have time, some soccer. And then we're going to wrap it up with what are we watching and what are we listening to. But before we get started, can I please ask you to, if you haven't already, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and follow us on Spotify. And you can follow us on Instagram at Mild and Lazy. What's up, dude? What's well, going on? Not much. Uh, just got back in town. Uh, over Memorial Day, we had to leave Texas to get out of the rain, um, and we went to Oklahoma City. Nice. Yeah, not 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 a typical vacation destination, but we were tossing around ideas for weeks and weeks and weeks and couldn't figure it out, and then we got to the week of, and I was like, you know what, let's just, the cities we've talked about going, let's throw them all in a hat, and just whatever we pick out, we go. And Oklahoma City was it. And I'm glad we did it. Oklahoma City is a really cool town. It's got like a little Austin, a little Dallas. Um, it's just a funky little town with like little art districts everywhere. And it's got great food. Like we didn't have a bad meal the entire trip. Um, we took Landry to like a theme park, which is owned by Six Flags. It's called like Frontier City, Frontier Town. I don't know. Little, little th- theme park, like. It's just a smaller Six Flags. So he rode his first roller coaster, which was like their equivalent of the Texas Giant. I can't oh, remember man. what it's called. Hopefully in better shape than the Texas no, Giant. No, it was worse. Like it That's beat, terrifying. It was, a, it was a wooden one, so it beat the hell out of you. Nope. And I right. wish they were taking... You know, like, they'll sell you the photos yeah. of you, you know, like, going down. I wish... You didn't ride with them? I rode with them, oh, and I okay. wish the the cameras were working or they were selling those pictures because I can't describe to you Landry's face. Like, it started out at the very top of the hill, the first drop. It was just all the joy in the world. And then we dropped. And then you drop? It was like fear and sadness and... <laughs> his little life right before right, his eyes. Dude, I wish... I haven't laughed that hard, <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I spent the whole ride laughing at him. Just laughing at his misery and laughing terror. at his misery and then you know as we as we come down you know we like bank to our right and he's kind of slipping down in his seat and i've got my arm you know kind of holding on to him and he doesn't still doesn't know whether he should cry or laugh or have fun and i'm just dude my stomach hurt when i got off of it i was laughing so <laughs> hard uh but he had a great time um 
Rode some rides. Um, yeah, my favorite part of roller coaster is getting off the roller coaster, <laughs> and then I can experience all the joy. And yeah. Once my feet are back on the ground, that that was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. The whole time in between, pure anxiety. Yeah, it was no, it was fun, and they had like a little playground area, and so you got to run. That's, and, that's cool. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, I'd go to Oklahoma City. I keep telling Claire we should just go. You know. I don't know how far it is over it the border, a, but... It was a three-hour drive, three-and-a-half-hour drive. That's it, just straight north. And I'm telling you, dude, the food... And we didn't I want to gamble, hit, but... Well, just go to Windstar. Right. That's an, that's and that's an hour even, and That's 15. even closer, yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't bad. The food, we didn't we didn't have a bad meal. I had a really good steak. I probably had a top-five burger in my life there. That's high praise. Uh, we went to brunch one day, and we had a really good brunch. Um, it was just good to get out and get away for a little bit. We had yeah. some issues with the hotel, uh, our first first hotel. And this is not like my wife, but she went total Karen on this lady. Rightfully so. She went total Karen. Nice. And we're still working out whether we're going to get money back, but we had to switch hotels. Damn. Yeah. So um, she, went to- she asked for the manager and everything and st- still had to switch hotels? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's Come nice. to find out, the chick who's act, she was acting like a manager, but we called when we got back and spoke with the chick that checked us in that night when we got in Friday night. And she's like, no, that chick just started. Everything she told you is wrong. Here's the, the owner's fuck? number. Here's corporate's number. I would call all these people and try to take this as far as you can because what you described to me wasn't right, blah, blah, blah. So, Damn. I don't know. After that, everything is smooth sailing. It was good. Um, what else? Found out Landry, uh, his uh, t-ball team. He's yeah. on the Cubs. Cool. So could have been worse. Not the Yankees. Not the Astros. Yeah. yeah they shouldn't even have the Astros. <clears throat> we got blue as our, our Cubs color. Cubs got good history. I played a year for the Cubs. Yeah, we got we got blue, so that's a good color. Yeah, it's a nice neutral color. Yeah. So um, you can, they got cool hats. I just like the C. Uh huh. The old yeah. school C. I'd get yeah. one of those to throw back. So I can, um, I can support that team then. <clears throat> Excuse me. We got first practice next week. Uh, I think the head coach is going to ask me to help, so I'll end up helping out. Oh shit. Um, which is something I said I didn't want to do, but I think Landry will want me to help out, you know, and, you know, me being on the field, whether it's on first or third or whatever, that'll probably make him feel more comfortable. So we got games coming up um, here like two weeks, so Damn, pretty close. quick. As long as it stops raining here. Yeah, right. Oh, man. So enough about me. What's up? What am I up to? Well, yeah, what are you up to? Big day tomorrow. Tomorrow? Elizabeth turns four. It's her, it's her birthday. Yep, okay. the big four. Okay. <laughs> the big four. And I took off. Claire's going to be off. Um, I think we're going go to go up to Showbiz just to see a movie and bowl and hang out. And then we told her we'd go to the dessert shop because that girl has like the biggest sweet tooth you've ever seen. So we're going to get her some desserts, probably go to a park, play dolls, come home. Um, she's got a new bed. She's got a bed that I'm totally jealous of. It's like a bunk bed with a open bottom with like shelving yeah. so we put a chair under there and hang out and color like strung up lights and uh saturday we're gonna have a sleepover in her room just to get her like more stoked about you know sleeping in her room full time yeah so you have to co-horse her into it so got an air mattress coming in i told her we're like you know we're gonna buy her new tv to go in her room because she doesn't have a tv um pretty much just trying to get her to hang out in her room more yeah that's weird <laughs> that you say that because we're doing the same thing with landry um and our deal with him was, if you sleep in your bed, your own bed for two weeks, we will, we'll get you a bunk bed because he's been looking at bunk beds too. Dude, bunk beds are the best. And he wants the same thing. He wants the loft, the bed on top, uh-huh. and then underneath the open space, 
so he can put his TV and his little gaming station down mm-hmm. there. And Perfect. Wants, yeah. She has like three little shelves on hers too. I could send you like the link. It was like 300 plus the mattress. We put it together in like couple hours yeah it's awesome like yeah. i'm infinitely jealous that's the bed i wanted growing up i we had bunk beds but it was a double you know bed on yeah y'all levels. told you had to take advantage of the, of yeah. the sleeping and i can't tell you how many times my brother fell off the top bunk <laughs> even though there's like that little you know lip or the wall right there the rail yeah there's a rail he, there no, he, he went straight he, over he would find a way jesus he would find a way to that's go my over. concern now because she'll try to like still get up in the middle of the night and come in, and i'm like I tell her like to be super careful because we do, we leave a light on. But I was like, if she's like groggy and like misses a footing, like my fear is like she'll come tumbling down. But so far, you know, she she still comes in in the middle of the night and like kind of snuggles up to me. And I mean, I don't care. It's Claire that really just doesn't want her in there yeah. <laughs> anymore. And I'm like, ah, she's she's my precious little girl. Like she can do what she wants. But well, there's gonna come a time where. You're going to miss that. That's like, what I said. So I was like, I'm going to take advantage as much as I can. But, you know, she is going to be four. She started her little, I don't know if it was like a pre-K daycare school. So she keeps saying, like, she's a big girl now. So it's like, you got to sleep in your own bed. And we're going to get her that TV. We're going to have sleepovers. But, um, yeah, I'm just excited for this weekend. And then Sunday, we're going to have, like, a little party slash just lunch for Claire's side of the family. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to, like, Tuscan Slice and just go back to... One of the, one of our houses and like open presents and hang out for a while and nice nice. Yeah. So did I talk to you uh, after you tried Blue Sky? Did no, you didn't. What did you think? It was good. Um, we were the only people there, and they had the weirdest hours. But we were able to go after Ellie's little graduation, and I got the taco salad with chicken. Was it and it was, it was delicious. Yeah, um, chips and salsa were a little disappointing. Really, I love their I chips. They were they were just playing, man. Maybe we got a bad batch. People in there were super nice, though. Oh, yeah. They're like, great. Like, great people. Uh, it was a lady. She's probably, like, the owner as well. She was a waitress, and, like, her yep. daughter was just mm-hmm. out of school. Probably, like, yep. junior high, early high school. And she's yep. like, I just made her come to work with me. So she wasn't at home all day. And you could tell it's, like, it's very family. local, family-owned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's, no, like, good I took the tab. I left them a nice tip. And, they, were, like I said, they were super nice. So the food was obviously really good, but the service, it was just, like, real down-to-earth and wholesome. No, they're great people. I love – I'm probably going there tomorrow for lunch. But it's it's always good. You got to get the chicken tacos next time. Chicken tacos. They they Will serve them street style with like the little tortilla, onion, mm-hmm. cilantro, all yeah, the good stuff. I think tomorrow. I think we're gonna go see Scoob. It's back in theaters. Uh-huh. I want. It's either that or Spirit. Remember that movie Spirit yeah. the Horse? Yeah. I do not want to see that. I'm gonna push for Scoob so hard. Well, then, he- um, heads up for you because next week at the theater, they they always show like one like retro movie or mm-hmm. kind of old movie. Goonies is playing next week, so I think we're Sundays all going. and Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. Right? I think we're going next week to go see uh, Goonies. Nice. That's a, that was always a childhood favorite for me. Um, all right. So with that said, let's move on to junk mail. And I think Andrew has our first story. Okay, I'll start with this one. It's Utah girls, nine and four, crash parents' car while trying to drive to California for a beach beach vacation. Comes from West Valley City, Utah. So the two girls were uninjured Wednesday after they took the car and crashed it into a tractor trailer as they tried to drive to California for a beach vacation. The driver of the truck was also unhurt. The parents of the girls were asleep when they took the keys. West Jordan Police Detective Scott List told KUTV, they were awakened when police told them about the crash. The children told police they just wanted to take a beach vacation. The crash happened when nine-year-old <clears throat> driver sideswiped one driver, then swerved into the path of a truck 
on an highway frontage road in Salt Lake City suburb of West Valley City. <laughs> the children were wearing their seatbelts during the crash that briefly closed traffic lanes near the highway. The girls started out on their trip from West Jordan and made it to a local highway to West City, West City Valley. Uh, it's about six to eight miles away. Other drivers reported seeing the car drive erratically and at one point jump into a pickup truck. Bump it. Okay, makes more sense. They bumped into a pickup truck. Uh, Boy, this truck just turned into an adoption. Launched right into it. Adoption. Yeah. Um, but did not at first realize that there was a child at the wheel. So the whole ver- the whole justification for that was just wanting to see the beach. Okay, so we'll we'll split the difference. They said six to eight miles for a nine year old to make it seven miles in a vehicle. That's I'm going to say that's impressive. And they they knew they put their seatbelts on first. They were they responsible. Their mirrors. I want to know how she reached those pedals though. Is that like little rascal style? Once this this four year old was down there working right. the pedals. It had that's the only auto <laughs> and she and the older one was driving. But God, do you think about how terrifying that, that would that, be? That, I mean, those girls had a plan. They waited till the parents were asleep. You know, they put their seatbelts on. Of course, they did go like the wrong way up a highway frontage road, which is <laughs> terrifying. I've learned with Langer, I learned this lesson the hard way probably a couple years ago now. I used to have to be in the habit of like Landry like telling me he had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, no, you don't. Just hold it until one day he pissed his pants. And I was like, okay, now from now on, I've got to take him seriously. That that turned into him pissing out front of a, oh, where were we? Texas Roadhouse in Frisco. Classic. Right out front, you know, it's always it's always a wait. So we're outside waiting. People all around us. He's like, Dad, I got to the bathroom. I said, okay, hold on. I'm waiting for your mom to come back. I turn my head probably two seconds. Turn back around, and he's got his pants all the way down. Like butter style. He got them down to his ankles. Yeah, that's how little boys be. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's pissing, like, right there in the waiting area Spelling with everybody. Out his name and everything. And, like, I hear somebody laughing behind me, and I turn, and I'm like, oh, my God. So these parents need to take my lesson, and the next time these girls say they want to go to the beach, you take them to the goddamn beach. Otherwise, they're going to take the car, and they're just going to do it themselves. I was wondering how this Landry Ping story is going to tie into yeah, this, but it makes now sense. Now on, you take your kids serious. When Landry says he has to pee, he's got to pee, and he's going to pee, whether it's in his pants or in a bathroom. <laughs> he's peeing. <laughs> it's in his pants. He's peeing. All right, you want to read the next one? My turn again? Your turn again. All right, this one takes place in Miami, of course, back in Florida. Uh, it's boy shot after dad takes him on paintball drive by and the homeowner fires back with a real gun. Uh, this was, uh, thinking his home was under attack. A Florida homeowner says he shot and wounded a 10 year old whose father had driven him to participate in a drive by shooting with a paintball gun. Opa loco police say 26 year old Michael Williams agreed to his son's request to drive by the home Sunday night and let his son fire his paintball gun. Williams has been charged with acting re- acted reckless by agreeing to conduct a drive-by paintball shooting. An Opa Opa police reported a uh, uh, police report obtained by the Miami Herald reads, according to the police report, the homeowner mistook it for a real gunfire and fired back. The child was further injured in the confusion and run over by the van. Williams is charged <laughs> with child neglect with a with great bodily harm. Uh, the child is expected to recover. It's unclear if he has retained an attorney who could comment on the charge. Best part was even after even after this poor kid gets shot, he gets run over probably by his dad. <laughs> I, I just 
That's a Florida dad. For one, that that na- that that homeowner was about that life. Yeah, they like, chose the wrong fucking house. And I just have so many questions. Like it's Florida man, who were you, who are you drive who are you doing the drive by on? One, two. I think that homeowner just wanted to shoot somebody because have you ever shot a paintball gun? Yeah. Have you ever shot a real gun yeah. or been around? They're two, two distinct, vastly different yes. sounds. Yeah. I don't don't say. He just heard like a think and just immediately grabbed his gun. Maybe and he had out maybe he had like PTSD and I. Dude, they're so different. Like the sounds. there has to be a backstory to this. And I don't think they. I, I don't think they chose this house randomly. I want the. I want more. I want more. I just have so many questions, and it's you're right. It's so Florida. Yep. And the dad's twenty six. Son's ten. That means you know he probably when he was a sophomore he had this kid. Who knows? It was probably the dad's idea. Like you know what I would do. Let's grab your paintballs. Go he, it was probably a high school grudge that yeah. the dad's been holding on yeah. to. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, next headline: Woman's car is stolen twice in 24 hours. Once after being found by DC police. Uh, a woman's car was stolen twice in 24 hours, and the second time occurred after DC police had found it and notified her. News 4 has learned an internal investigation into the incident is underway. The car's owner, Yasmin, is still trying to wrap her head around what happened. It was pouring rain on on a Friday night when the 21-year-old from Clarksburg, Maryland, said she dashed from her car into the entrance of an apartment building to hand an Instacart delivery to a woman waiting there. Quote, I turned around and I just see three kids circling my car and before I can even do anything, it just happened so fast... They just drove away with my car, she said. In an instant, her silver Mercedes with the keys inside were gone from Fenton Street and Silver Spring. Around 10 a.m. Saturday morning, Yasmin received a call from DC from a D.C. police officer who said her car had been found in an alley behind the 1400 block of Ch- Chapin Street, northwest. She said the officer had told her he was with the vehicle. Yasmin said she tried but failed to find spare keys, so the officer told her he would have to tow it. Quote, but he told me it's a better decision for me to call my insurance and get a tow from them. That way I wouldn't be charged for it, Yasmin said. A call to her insurance company to arrange a tow took longer than because of the holiday weekend. Finally, after 6 p.m., both she and the tow truck driver, coordinating by phone, were just blocks away from Ch- Chapin Street. That's when she got the call saying the car had been stolen again. <laughs> Quote, I get a call from the police officer telling me that my car is gone, Yasmin said. A friend who drove Yasmin to the 3rd Police District Station recorded a video video as she tried to get some answers about how the car was able to be stolen a second time. An officer can be heard saying that he did everything that he possibly could as Yasmin says, no, no you didn't. <laughs> so, what's worse than getting your car stolen once? <laughs> getting it stolen twice. I just don't know. I mean, I, I, there obviously wasn't too, too many details there, but... Did the officer walk away? He had to have been. There's no way that someone just walked up to a car standing there with a cop and stole it. Hmm. That's something you see like in a cartoon. <laughs> that's, yeah, the, that, he, that's exactly what I thought of when I found this story. Yeah, that's a cartoon moment that, yeah, he was just, it's like the the guards that were guarding, you know, Epstein's cell. Yeah. They just walked away, mm-hmm. man. They just cameras weren't there. Cameras working. Yeah, cameras malfunctioned, shit happened. <clears throat> All right, uh, and I chose this next one purely for the headline alone. It reads kerfuffle, kerfuff, kerfluffle, fluffle, kerfuffle, kerfuffle. You chose it just for this word. Come on, doesn't mean I know how to say it. Okay, <laughs> kerfuffle after drone carrying sex toy disrupts disrupts Albuquerque mayoral mayoral event. 
A New Mexico sheriff who was running for mayor of Albuquerque was interrupted at a campaign event by a flying drone with a sex toy attached to it and a man <laughs> who called him a tyrant while swinging his fist. The campaign group for Berna... Bernadillo County Sheriff Manuel Gonzalez said the Democrat was unharmed and will not be intimidated. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine like a swinging... I will not be intimidated by this swinging dildo. (laughs) A a video posted on on Facebook shows Gonzalez answering questions from the audience while standing on stage and Vint Center while the drone bearing the sex toy starts buzzing near the stage. The Sheriff's Office report says the owner of the event center grabbed the device and that a 20-year-old... Kaylin Ashby Dreyer also tried to grab it. The report said the Dreyer then turned his attention to Gonzalez by swinging his fist and calling him a tyrant. The deputy wrote that Dreyer punched Gonzalez's hands and then was removed from the event. So, yeah, that's I just like picture everyone just grabbing for this dildo. <laughs> yeah, they're swinging dildo. They're grabbing for it. <laughs> and then he goes, don't worry, I'm unharmed. It will not be intimidated. It's like, it's a flying dick, man. I will not be ran off this stage by a dildo. Yeah, he tries to act all tough and professional. It's like, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was just oh, dildo flying around Dude. your face. Perfect for the junk mail. I could fluffle that in that uh, headline reading, though. Sure did. Um, all right, so. Moving on. Let's move on to our Mount Rushmore. Can't uh, wait. As I mentioned in the open, we're going to discuss our favorite movie soundtracks of all time. This one was really hard. I don't know. I mean, there was just a lot. I didn't say anything. There was a lot to choose from. It was yeah. really hard to narrow it down. We've got a few honorable mentions. Um, so we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to go first. Dazed and Confused. Oh, man. That was mine. Well, that's why I chose it first, I know. so we could both talk about it. There's just so many classics. A lot of ZZ Top, Kiss. Um, I, I put on here, it starts with Sweet Emotion and ends with Slow Ride. Uh, so it's like bookended with yep. like a couple classics. Yep. And then the scene where um, they're walking into like the pool hall and Hurricane by Bob Dylan's yep. playing. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that whole scene. It's like the coolest song to play yep. as they're walking like in slow motion into this pool hall. I, just, I, I paired mine with Everybody Wants Some. Which is another Richard Linklater movie because he does so good about that one takes place in the eighties mm-hmm. and they both just like, you know, pair, pair perfectly with that time in that movie. Right. And he's real specific about those songs. Right, they had to have been released before the setting of that movie. Right, so it was you know like factually and yeah, they, yeah, they said he was like adamant about that. <laughs> and I heard somewhere that like it was like twenty percent of the whole movie budget for Days of Confused was used just for the soundtrack alone because he was so adamant about having these specific songs. And I think it was Sweet Emotion, the Aerosmith song, is what cost him like the most money. But he was like, we have to open with that song. Well, I think that's what makes, you know, it's a period piece. So you couldn't have, you know, something from the 90s in there. Yeah, it would just throw the whole thing off. Yeah. So that's why he was so specific and adamant about these songs. That's so it worked movies, perfectly. That's why his movies are so good. Absolutely. Um, all right, you want to go? Yeah, so that was, like I said, we just paired those together. So my next one would be Vanilla Sky. It's a Cameron Crowe movie. It has R.E.M., Radiohead, Paul McCartney, Peter Gabriel, Sigur Royce, Jeff Buckley, Bob Dylan, and it ends with Where Do I Begin by Chemical Brothers. It's like that's how that movie just fades out into credits. Yep. The movie still kind of confuses me all these years, like 20 years later, but I've always enjoyed like that whole soundtrack. It was just like well, one of the ones that instantly came to my mind was Vanilla Sky, and kind of want to rewatch it, you know, just to see if I get it now. Man, I'm in my thirties now. Maybe I'll get it. I don't know. You've grown. I've matured a little. I've gotten older. I've gotten fatter. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Report back to us. I'll, I'll let you guys know. 
All right, my next one was Friday Night Lights. Just for the simple fact that it was, I mean, it was set in Texas, and the entire soundtrack was done by Explosions in Perfect. the Sky. It's a football movie set to Explosions in the Sky. That's all you need to know. Yeah, and it's a really good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie, and Explosions is one of my favorite bands. Yeah, Claire um, blacked out at one of their shows. The only time we got to see him, fucking passed out like just in the song it. too. Yeah, she's cost us like a couple of good shows now. Wow. Fucking needs a. I don't know, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> I love you, uh, but I am bummed out. We 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 were at, we were in Austin all day for that show, and then oh, like, I've heard this story. Yeah, and yeah. then like into song two, she just blacked out. And like I had to, I literally drug her off to the side. <laughs> I was like, I'm not just gonna stand here. And she's like, What happened? I was like, Well, they're on like song four. Um, I think he just blacked out, so we just ended up leaving. Oh damn. Yeah, That's we don't we don't have that over. many cool stories. Something you could hold over though. Hold I over do. Ed. All right. Uh, what's your next one? My next one is uh, the movie. I'm gonna have trouble pronouncing it, but it's Koyanitskia. Koyanitskia. They like chant it in the movie. It's a really fucking weird movie. Um, Philip Glass did all the music for it, and I'll just say the reason it like has a lasting impression on me. And if you haven't seen the movie, which everyone probably except for Ryan has never seen this movie, just hit pause on our podcast and watch the trailer for this movie. It's spelled. K-O-Y-A-A-N-I-S-Q-A-T-S-I. It's amazing. And the first time we saw this movie was actually the first time we took shrooms. So I was just like entranced by this movie for like two straight hours. And then for the rest of my life, it just had a solid impact on me. Yeah, makes sense now. It makes a lot of sense. Once you you factor in the drugs. All right. uh, My next one is uh, Purple Rain. That's a great. One, I feel man. like I don't need choice. to explain it. I mean, no. there was like five or six of Enough said. Prince's classic all time all timers on that. Yep, and it's it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, Prince Purple Rain. Hey, easy on the eyes and on the ears. Double whammy. R.I.P. My last one. It's Tron Legacy. That's the one where Daft Punk did all the music for it, and I'm so like upset with myself because that's one of those movies where i was like i wish i could have seen that in movie theaters because yeah. with the sound quality in the movie i was like it was, it was it, i've seen the movie since obviously i had the blu-ray and everything but it's like it's just like a one giant daft punk music video but it with really like is. jeff bridges yeah so i just that's i've always liked that movie uh i have yeah like you could that's one of the soundtracks you could just listen to at any time and i'm a big daft punk fan so i guess if you're not you probably don't like that no, choice I like but daft i like daft punk uh my last one out of left field is Can't Hardly Wait. Solid choice. Blink-182, Run DMC, Third Eye Blind, and there's a couple other ones I'm missing. But it was kind of in that era of late 90s, early 2000s, teenage, like sex comedy. Sex angst. Yeah. yeah, like we're getting out of high school, we're going to college, so we all had this misperception of what high school was going to be like and then how great college was going to be yep. like. Mm-hmm. And then none of that happened. None of it happened. Yeah. Um, that was our era. But yeah, no, it was just a – it was – that's a great soundtrack. Um, you have honorable mentions? I do. I'm going to bust them out real quick. Honorable mentions would be Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1 and 2. Uh, yep. They play so well in that movie, and they're almost like a part, you know, like a bigger part of that movie. Uh, Moana. Yeah. All the music was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and it has Jermaine Clement in there from Fly of the Concords. Oh, yeah. He's so shiny in that movie. Um, <clears throat> another classic I watched with Ellie, Enchanted. That is a great fucking mm. underrated movie. I put Amy Adams and my boy James Marsden kill it. 
I really like James Marston. He's like, he would be like my celebrity crush if yeah. we were doing like an all bros version. Okay. He'd be my first round selection. Got you. And I don't know why that just, I just had to let you guys no, know that. Let me know. And the last one, Baby Driver. Because that movie was like also built around the music for that. Like each scene was specifically tailored like for that song. Okay. Um, I've got Romeo and Juliet. <clears throat> Garden State. Yeah. A lot of. A lot of shins. I, yeah, I was about to say, uh, I can mainly remember the shins. Me too. That's like when I think of that <clears throat> whole soundtrack, I just think like it's all, even though it's not all shins, I just picture it all being nothing but the shins. Yeah, Zach Braff. Uh, shout out, I guess. Out. <laughs> it was random, Zach Braff. Yeah, he's in it. My, I was just going through my head. And like, <laughs> he just man, popped in there. Zach Braff. Yep, uh, Zach Braff. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. I mean, that's a great movie. That was like one of the first like. Definitely like mockumentaries I've ever seen, and I saw it so young, I really thought it. Because then you look it up, it's like Spinal Tap actually has albums they put yeah, out. They put out albums, and so I was like, it, it just blew my mind until I was like high school. My dad was like, "Yeah, this is all fake. It's just a fake comedy, but you know, it's still funny." And they still, I was like, "But they still put out music, and they still had a record." And mm-hmm. it's like, yep. I don't know. It's kind of like Death Clock. Yeah, know, I, yeah dude, Death Clock actually toured. I know, which is weird. I, I've always wanted to see Death Clock. Me too. But yeah. So, and there's, man, there's a bunch more we could have put on there. This was a really easy, a really hard one, and it was a fun one. Um, so, yeah, you guys out there, you want to share yours, leave it on our Instagram, text it to us, any kind of feedback we get, we always love. Please. Please. Um, <laughs> we need to know you guys are listening. So, as usual, after Mount Rushmore, we're going to go to the Pick Your Poison segment. I picked last time. I think it sucked. Oh, the eye from last... I got confirmation. The eyes are an organ. Yeah, yeah. Claire immediately told me. And then yeah, she's like, yeah, Lauren. of course, you idiots. Yeah, Because I, was like, I wasn't sure. And she's like, yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, Lauren listens. She's like, you're a moron. Yeah, immediately our she's wives like, were course. like, of course it is. Yeah. It's like, right. oh, okay. Well, I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. Well, I didn't know I married a genius. <laughs> yeah, right? Lay off. I got both our wives were just immediately knew the right answer. Lay off. All right. This one says... Uh, would you rather be a practicing doctor or a medical researcher? Redraw. Obviously doesn't know us. Redraw. I'd rather be a doctor. I'd rather be a sperm donor. That's medical research. Well, there you go. Would you rather snitch on your best friend for a crime they committed or go to jail for the crime they committed? Uh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're, You're going to jail. <laughs> I'm snitching in a heartbeat. I got I got a fucking family to feed. So yeah, sorry, dude. Zach. <laughs> Whatever you did, I'll fucking write you a letter. You know, I'll, I'll put money on your books. books. Yeah, I'll give you some, what's it called? Commensor? Uh, uh, commissary. Commissary yep, money. Put money yeah. on your books. Yep. 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 But uh, nope, I'm not going to jail for anybody. Yep. I did my time. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't going back, man. So that was Uh, an easy one. Sorry, bud. Sorry, guys. Two lame ones. I tried to redeem ourselves. That wasn't lame. That was just like a (laughs) (laughs) no-brainer. Should we go for the... Depends on how much you love your friends. Which one? Oh, you're going to go... We're going to go threesies? Might as well finish that. Let's do it. Uh, Would you rather give up watching TV and movies for a year or give up playing games for a year? Like video games or like board Play, games? It just says playing games. So I would so assume all... No, I would say game, like board games, card games, dominoes, uh, and video games. I'm going to go giving up playing video games yeah, or games. Because I've done that. I've gone stretches where I've been busy and couldn't play video games. I do game. too. And then I'll like get like a certain game like uh, into something and I just play it like... Like I've been playing for, Madden three for like months. like you did for yeah. NCAA. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you're obsessed with it for a while yep. until you put it back down. But yep, yep. I mean, that means you couldn't watch like any... 
sports, sports which yeah, I got it. Like I could give up watching a sitcom or even movies before sports. Yeah, so could I. Yeah, especially coming into the season we're coming into here in a couple months. Yeah. All right, so that'll move us into our movie review. Uh, like I said earlier, we reviewed Cool Runnings. It was put out in 1993. Did you have a couple little stats for me on yeah. the movie? I got this. Um, it got a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes. I also found out that this was John Candy's last movie to be released while he was alive. Uh, later, East East Wagons East and Canadian Bacon were released, but they were released post- Mortem. <laughs> I couldn't say the right word. It was released after he died. So this movie was like, so this would have been like the last, you know, like red carpet he went to, for example. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it also, I found out there's a Cool Runnings 2 starring Tom Arnold and Eric Andre. I th- Dude, I have to see this now. Yeah. And uh, Leon, who, it just uh, he just goes by Leon. He's a one-name guy. It's like, I think his real name's like, like Leon Madonna. Robertson or Robinson. But it, yeah, when it was like starring... Leon. I was like, damn, that's fucking bold. Like, Madonna's in this fucking movie. <laughs> and I'm like, who that, you know, I don't even know who Leon is. And uh, the director's name's uh, John Turtletaub. I, uh, he directed Three Ninjas right before this, and then he went on to direct both National Treasure movies with one Nicolas Cage. Bangers. Absolutely. Um, I think I read they, this movie did like 63 or 73 million at the box office, so that's pretty good. That's, that's like damn good for 93. For a 93 movie about a Jamaican bobsled team? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yep. a win. I remember seeing this uh, poster in the movie. You know, they'd have like the big, like propped up, like cardboard yeah. posters, like in the movie theaters. Uh, my dad took me to see Jurassic Park, and I remember seeing this advertised in the theater. And then I made it about, I don't know how many minutes in, but when uh, that T Rex like eats the guy oh, off yeah, the we toilet. about this. Yeah. Yeah. You cried. Yeah. I didn't cry. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that straight out there. I did not cry. Macho man, man. But I started out like in my seat, just, you know, in my seat. My dad was next to me. Uh And then as the movie progressed, like I inched closer and closer and closer (laughs) to him. And then my dad said, but like the time the guy got eaten off the toilet, like I was like in his lap. I remember walking out. I was like, man, I shouldn't have gone and saw that movie. Cool Runnings. (laughs) That was terrifying. Yeah, I would have been way more chill than that. All right. So let's get into this. Uh, we open up with. Uh, well, but did you notice in the, the opening credits who did the score? Caught my eye. Yes, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Who's like mm-hmm. probably the best known legend. Yeah, he's like uh, him and John Williams and Philip Glass, of course. But I was like, that's pretty fucking impressive. I just had to write that down. So and, yeah, Hans uh, Zimmer did the score for this. Who's that guy? Randy Newman. Newman. Randy Newman. Who did like Toy does all Story. the Pixar stuff? Yeah. yeah. Um, I did notice that. Um, uh, we get the opening scene of Doris training for the hundred meters. Um, he's got his primitive little block set up with rocks and he's, he's training to make the Olympics. And then when it shows him running around the island and I'm just tired from watching him. Yeah. It was very cocky of him. Just keep running, man. Uh, we get the first Dougie Doug sighting. Dougie Doug. That's an awesome name. Um, and we go straight into the push cart race and Senka is going for like seven in a row, seven in a row. And he's just like basically whipping those child laborers. I wrote, he's some kind of, and I was going to say something that I can't say because he was just, he was whipping these kids, like getting them to work. And every time they sit down to work, he's like, you know what they say? Get back to work. Get back to work. Um, like no fun. 
All so yeah, business. we get into the push cart race, um, and I I would super, not super dangerous. I would not I I would not want to be the kid laying down. That kid like I don't know what purpose they serve. They're just like basically almost lying flat, like they're doing like a, like a push up, and they're just holding their body like. They're well, not the like turning the wheels. No, he's not doing anything. Maybe it's for weight, but I feel like that's the only thing I could think of. But you could put it was like rocks, some bricks, yeah, like like their candy yeah, did foreshadowing, yeah, Irv. But that, I, I put that on too. I said it looks extremely dangerous, and my guy Samka is getting too cocky, and he crashes right there at the finish line. Yeah, and we get the first line of Sanka, you dead? Yeah, Yaman. That was uh, our uh, Jamaican impersonation. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of that. A lot, um, of, a lot of Jamaican influence. Uh, next, do these we go to the finals of the Olympic trials. Um, the so hundred meter dash, hundred meter dash, which you know Jamaica's got a long history in. Probably um, like the most, the richest history, yeah. maybe. Doris, and we don't know it yet, but we meet three of the four, uh, or I guess two, two of the room of the four, of, yeah, the, four of the of the, yeah. the, the bobsled team right here. Um, so yeah, um, we got middle. Junior, who's the the rich guy, rich kid, the little small yep. kid and small guy. He's weird shaped head too the whole time. Yeah. He just had like a flat top head. Mm-hmm. Yep, very angular. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's he's saying, "Hey, you're Dries, so and so. You know, it'd be an honor to run with you." And then he he goes over to I forget the guy's real name, but he goes by Yul Brenner. <laughs> his name's Yul Brenner in this movie. I forget his real name. I've seen him in some other stuff. The bald-headed guy, yeah, the tough guy, tough guy, the attitude, yeah, the attitude. Yep, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good word. Total for time, attitude. Yep. No, he softens up. He softens up finally, and he tells him, <clears throat> "I still don't like you." Yeah, <laughs> but you end. do. Um, he likes him. So yeah, so the race kicks off. Dries looks like he's on his way to victory, and leave it up to the fucking nerd to screw it up for everybody. He trips. He takes down the top three. Y'all were going to the Olympics. You three yeah, were the going top, to the Olympics. Yeah, the top four were going to make yeah, it. Top so four y'all were qualified. in. All you had to do was stay on your fucking feet. Yep. Maybe your dad was right. Um, Jeez. So, yeah. So, he uh, takes him down. Um, it seems like uh, Dries' uh, Olympic dreams are over. In the next scene, he goes straight to the Olympic director, and he tries to get the race to be, you know, re-ran or... Or redone, um, you know the director. He's having none of it. He's saying, "Hey, sorry, you know, you, you got another four years." And that's when he sees a picture of his father with an American, and he asked the director about him. He said, "Yeah, he lives here on the island. He tried to get your father to be a bobsledder." And the light bulb goes off. And he's like, "Well, there's my tickets and ticket into the Olympics." Yeah. First question though, what's a bobsledder? What's, he asked. What, he's like. <laughs> He's gone on his way to find this man to, to try to, you know, get the uh, bobsled dream going. He's like, hey, I need to know what a bobsled is Yeah, first. he goes, okay, I'm 100% in, but first, what's, what's a bobsled? A bobsled? Um, so he goes straight to Senka, his best friend, try to get him on the team, try to recruit him, and Senka isn't having any of it. Yeah, he's, he's like, just fucking with him. He's like, ice? You mean ice? And he's like, I'm going to go take a warm bath thinking about all this ice. Yeah, that was like a running theme with him. That guy <laughs> was a straight Jamaican through and through. Like yeah, He did not want If it anything. gets under 80, he's out. He doesn't want anything to do with the cold. Um, but eventually he comes around to it. He says, hey, if you need me to do something, all you got to say is, Senka, you're my friend. We've been through heaps together or something like that. Heaps of stuff. He's very specific about the heaps part. Um so he, you're right. He's just fucking with him. He's 
stringing him along, but he eventually gives in. Um, and then we get our first John Candy appearance, and I wrote down, it's good to see him. Like, John Candy is always, to me, it was like seeing an old, like an uncle you hadn't seen Oh, in yeah, a while. he was definitely like the Uncle Buck. <clears throat> uncle, yeah, that's one we need to review. Uncle Buck's great. Um, but, yeah, he's running, he's a bookie now. So he yeah they find him in a bar and he's like in his worst mood he's trying to like assault him chokes him yeah they're just trying to get him to coach he just and lost finally, money on they on, they finally the get the picture like okay maybe he's not in the best mood here yeah so I say Dries and Senka I'm glad you know all their names yeah I wrote them down yeah. uh, um they're trying to get Irv. I just put Baldy Junior <laughs> I did get Senka and then I just Leon because he just goes by Leon um oh and John Candy's Irv yeah Irv I did get that one. So, after con- con- some convincing, Irv does decide to help. Um, so, they need to recruit a team. So, the next scene, Doris and Senka try recruiting a room full of people with an old video. And that was a terrible idea, idea because <laughs> it was just a bunch of, it was just like a, basically like a Faces of Death video, but bobsledding like yeah. Rex. And they flip on the lights and that room is empty. And what do you know? Batitude. Batitude. Uh, Yul Brenner and Junior show up, and Junior or Yul Yul Brenner tries to kill Junior because he tripped him in the race. Um, but they realize like that's all they got. Yeah. Like there's only us left. So and the what's his name Yul Brenner? You know he's so adamant, just like Leon's character about like getting to the Olympics. And he's like, this is the only if this is the only chance I can get to make it. Like I guess I'm gonna join a bobsled team. Yep. So it's just out of necessity because they they wanted to go to the Olympics. It was like their life goal, make it to the Olympics. And they had nothing else. They had nobody else. No, there's nothing else going on unless you want to wait four more years. Yep. Uh, so then we go we go to Junior's house, and first thing we tell him, or we see is him talking to somebody saying, you know, I'm a man. I'm going to do this. Turns out he's talking to his dog. A basset hound. A, a pretty dog. Adorable. A very good looking dog. Um, his father shows up and tells him that he got a job with Webster, Webster, and Cohen in Miami. And says that, quote, they went along with this little track nonsense long enough. So basically, Dad's, you know, shooting his dreams all to hell. Oh, yeah. Dad doesn't give a shit about what his son wants. <laughs> no. he's He's got him a job, um, you know, and that's all he cares about. And you think if your son made it all the way to, like, the final race of the Olympic qualifying, you'd be like, he's a pretty good athlete. Like, maybe he could do this for a little bit longer. But he's like, nope, I already got you a job. I'm going to go tell your mom. This is, this is great news that your life is ready. Um, and then we get a hilarious we get a hilarious training sequence where they get this old, like, water trough, cut it in half, yeah. slap some wheels on it. I'd say that bobsled to start is looking as rough as John Candy in this movie. Dude, he did look rough. He did. Um, so, at the beginning, John... Or John Irv says, "Hey, you know, if you want in the conversation, you know, a decent starts like five point nine seconds. So yeah. after what seems like all day, they finally get silly a silly montage. Yep, yeah, they finally get a five point naked point naked. They they did point it. Second start, they finally get it. Um, Irv in the next scene, Irv goes to the committee, the Olympic committee, and tries to get funding for the team to go to the Olympics and gets shot down pretty quick." Um, and then they have a little their own fundraiser. Yeah, we get they a try, montage. They try everything to get some money for this. Yeah, we get a montage of them trying to fundraise on their own. Doris goes to different businesses, gets all dressed up, you know, has a pitch. He gets laughed at a lot. He gets laughed at like a college graduate yeah. trying to get an entry level job. Uh, Yul Brenner holds a arm wrestling contest and he's whooping everybody until a 
Till Big Mama steps up. Big Mama steps up and puts him down. It was one dollar an arm wrestle. Um, There's a kissing booth. Doris and uh, Senka, they have a kissing booth, and Doris gets busted by his girlfriend. Very pretty. Very pretty. And those that that kiss wasn't just a kiss. I mean, they were like straight up. Oh, he had out. lipstick all over him, and then he was like, like Pepe Le Pew afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And of course, sure. Sure enough, his girl stood right there afterwards. Might as well needed a cigarette after that <laughs> and a test. And my wife wouldn't have been like, like crossed arms, like shaking her head. She would have just been like, "Fuck you," and walks away. And then she wanted to help me like fundraise and figure this out. No, she I forgave him really quick. I would have had to go stay. Leon's with Leon's got it. Leon's got it going. Apparently. Senka did some singing, and one guy gave him a dollar to shut up, so the yeah. total was $1.16. 16 cents. So, yeah. Um, so, the next scene, they're all pulling their money together and kind of letting everybody know how they did, a fundraising. and $19,000 short. Well, it sounds like they, they rounded up about $1,000. Yeah, they rounded up about $990. Yeah. Um, but then Junior steps up by, big by selling his car, um, and he just comes in and dumps all the money on the table. Um, and he explains that he sold his car, and his father doesn't know that he sold the car or that he's on this team. His father thinks that he's on his way to Miami, and he loaned his car to a friend. He's a bad boy. Yeah, but he, you know he wants to be a part of a team. He wants this Olympic dream, and he sold a. I'm assuming, which is a very nice car in Jamaica. Oh man, that car is probably worth probably way more than twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah, um, it was like a James Bond ish looking it's like, car. It looks like a like an old. Uh, Aston Martin yeah, or something Yeah, I think like it was that. probably about $500,000. Yeah. Um, now that they have the money, they're off to the Olympics. Uh, we get a From montage. Jamaica to Calgary. Yeah, we get a montage of them uh, in the airport. Senka ain't having none of that cold weather. No, he strips here. He doesn't strip. He, puts, <laughs> he empties his bag and puts all his clothes on, even his bag. Um, and then it says the temp was negative 25 in Calgary. Yeah, they, uh, make a, they, they made one, like, almost weed reference. Where Leon was like, Sinka, what, what you, you smoking? smoking? He was like, I'm not smoking, man. I'm, I'm breathing. <laughs> I was like, oh, they had to make one like weed reference for yep. this, Jimmy. Because they hit every other stereotype. Yep. Every beer you saw was a red stripe. Yep. So I was like, they had to at least make their little Disney reference to that. So uh, then Irv, he's going to register. Um, he's going to register the team for the event. And the uh, I guess the, the official is like, hey, uh, I guess Jamaica does have a bobsled team. The official time to qualify is a minute two, and Irv's like, what well, used to be a minute five? He's like, mm, time's change. Um, and then Irv runs into one of his old teammates. And assholes, man. Asked for help getting a sled. And oh, that I'm, guy was cool. There was two others well, with him that were assholes. Yeah, so in that little interaction, you kind of, that's the first time we kind of see, like okay, something. something's going on. Yeah, there's a history there. And the one guy was like, hey, it's good to see you, Irv. What the hell did you, what the hell did you do to yourself or yeah. something? I was like, damn, dude. Yeah. The other guy didn't shake his hand. I'd rather just not just off. shake my hand. And I wrote down, and I had to, I had to scratch it out, um, because later on in the movie, I got a better look at him, and it wasn't this guy. But I thought that the guy that walked away was Mister Ducksworth from the Mighty Ducks. Oh shit! Because it looked just almost like him, but he's not. He's another actor, and I didn't get his name. But he, if you've ever seen Justified, it's his dad. Level, yeah. It's his dad in Justified. Timothy Oliphant's mm-hmm. dad, and he's also in, um, he's also in Dewey Cox. That's a good movie. Uh, but but that. I had to scratch it out because I got a better look at him la- uh, later in the movie and then looked it up and it's not him. Um, but yeah, Irv uh, Irv meets up with one of his old teammates, asks for a sled. They get one. Uh, Almost five thousand dollars was what that guy too. I was like, for five G's, man, 
You can almost buy one fourth of that car, <laughs> right? That Aston Martin. Um, Apparently, bobsleds are a lot. Obviously, I don't know the bobsled market. So. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't begin to know. Um, <laughs> and then the team gets their first taste of being on the ice, and it goes about how you expect. Yeah, it was like the just the worst rumor. Like they literally like took a picture of them like busting their ass, and yeah. that was like the front page headline. Yeah, yeah. So, only only can go up from there. But uh, oh, Yul Brenner did get a good shot on a Russian so- a hockey player. That's the guy you don't fuck with. No, you don't fuck with Yule. You'll learn out later when they go to that old honky-tonk. That's right. Um, so they finally get this sled, and it is a piece of shit. Like I wrote it, they get a piece of shit sled. But beggars can't be choosers. Um, so, yeah, then we get a record. Uh, I wrote, we get a record-scratching moment when they bring the sled to the top of the hill in front of all the other teams, and they're watching them, like, walk their sled to the... to the. Oh, yeah, like, and everyone's, like, polishing theirs, and yeah, they look right. up and see these guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they go on a practice run, and they end up crashing, and Senka pisses himself. Because he has Probably to Probably has that fucking egg in his pants, too, that he always kisses. And he didn't... It doesn't ever break, like... I put on he pulls his, it straight from his dick. Yeah, and he kisses the last, it. literally the last thing I wrote on there is Senka must keep that lucky egg on his chode, and he always kisses it. He pees on it. It has to be tucked between his balls and his butthole, and then he'll just pull it out and give it a big old kiss and put it right back. That was uh, that mm. kind of got me questioning my guy. Other than that, I was always Team Senka. Team Senka. Uh, so we get go back to uh, we go back to a scene in in their hotel room, and it was kind of a. I don't know, kind of a, not a sad scene, but Yule's, you know, giving Sankin a hard time saying, hey, you know, you'll always just be another, you don't get it, you, you're going to end up on the island the whole life. He's like, after I win the Olympics, I'm going to live here. And it's a picture of Buckingham Palace. And Junior's like that, or Sankin's like, that's Buckingham Palace, that's where the King of England lives. Yeah, you'll never, you'll never live there. But And Junior steps junior, up. Junior's a nice guy. He's, a, he's Junior's like one of the rare, he's a like rich minch. Yep. Yeah, rich minch. So he says, "Hey, you know, if Junior or if Yule's got a dream, all he's got to do is know what he wants and work hard for it, and he'll get there." Um, and then Darius finally learns what Ir- that Irv was a cheater, and, he, and and we find out why he got such a cold reception by his old by his old teammates. Yeah, because it, I would imagine they're upset because they had their goals taken away too. You know, so he got to. Caught cheating in 1972 by putting weights in the sled, so that explains faster. why everyone's pissed. Because it's not like you know an individual sport; he probably costs everyone gold medals. Though. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I said I wrote he put weights in the front of the sled, and he got his gold medals taken away. Um, and then a little bit later, Junior gets a telegram from his dad telling him to come home now. Um, and then we get the honky tonk scene. I said, just when you think you've seen it all. You get a Jamaican line dancing scene. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, these Germans are there. And... East Germans. Don't get a twist. Oh, yeah, no, East it's Germans, Germans. Way bigger assholes. Uh, and then he, he he tells them to go back where you belong. And I'm like, Ugh. you're playing up that German stereotype real well. <laughs> and it's a really stupid thing to say at the Olympics. Like, where everyone except for Team Canada what? isn't supposed to be Nobody's here. Nobody's supposed to be yeah, here, except bro. except for the Canadians. Everyone else is not in their home country right now. But that is just something like, come on, bro. You don't say that. So, yeah. So, uh, this kind of upsets Junior. He goes to the bathroom. Uh, he gets picked. He gets picked on. Uh... And Yule takes him into the bathroom and gives him a pep talk and probably one of the more, more memorable scenes. Um, 
where he, you know he says, "I see power, I see strength, I see one bad mutter, a badass mutter who don't, don't take nothing from nobody." That's one of the scenes I remember because I haven't seen this movie in I don't know, twenty years, probably um, since high school. They, you know, they I'm going to start calling school. everybody a badass mutter. Um, but that was one of the scenes I kind of remember before I even started the movie. Um, Disney letting their nuts hang a little bit too, because he said badass more than yeah. once, and then he he said. He called one of them an asshole early yeah. in the movie. I feel like Disney had way more of an edge. Oh, they did. Way back in the day. Yeah, they, they made some like executive decisions where they're like, okay, we can't do anything fun anymore. So after they get out of the bathroom, uh, Junior's kind of feeling himself a little bit. He stands up to the German. Doesn't go <laughs> that well. That immediately backfires. Doesn't go well. Luckily, Yule was there. and uh, Yeah, I put an Old West saloon-style yeah. brawl in Calgary with Jamaicans and East Germans. Just like you put, just like you draw it up. Yeah, it's exactly what I imagined happened at the '88 Olympics. Um, so yeah, you get a bar uh, brawl scene, um, and then you know, uh, Dries. The next scene, they're in the hotel room. They're all laughing. Dries is upset because he's all business. Because earlier in the movie, when they're assigning kind of the positions, like who's going to sit where, you know, Senka wanted to be the driver. Yeah, he he automatically <clears throat> assumed he was driver because he was the um, the push cart driver, push cart like champion. Yeah, and then. Irv says, you know, no, you're the brake guy. He's like, the driver has to be the first one there, last one to leave. He has to do more work than anybody. Yes, so, you know, every corner, he's like, he's the protector, basically, of like, like all your guys. For all the yeah, the on. safety of them all. So, you know, Dries is taking that responsibility. He's, a, he's the obvious leader. He's the leader. Here. So he's upset. He's kind of reading them, you know. Reading. He wants to be like Team Switzerland. He, he yeah. really admires Team Switzerland. Yeah. Um, Irv comes in and kind of scolds them all. Um, so we get a training montage, another training montage leading up to qualifying, um, and then we go to the night of qualifying, and they get these badass uniforms. Um, and then, and then at some point they paid her their bobsled because the bobsled at you know the end was looking really fucking clean. Yeah, they right before it went from a rust bucket to like a painted rust right bucket. Right after they qualify, right before the three runs, they they get it painted. Um, so Irv learns that the committee has changed the qualifying time from a minute two to a minute. So it's like one of these <laughs> Disney, it's one of these it. Disney things where you know they're going to put many obstacles in the way, yeah. make it really difficult. Which yeah, I wouldn't happen in real life. I wouldn't imagine you um, couldn't change it like within days of getting no. to the Olympics. They don't change qualifying. Um, Trust so me, despite, I've been to the Olympics. They don't do that. <laughs> so despite that, they they qualify with a time of fifty nine point four six. Everybody's happy um, until they find out that. Well, before that, did you did we learn what uh, cool runnings means? Because they would decide they need to name their bobsled because they yeah. just qualified. Yeah. And uh, what's the what's Leon's character? Uh, Doris. Doris says cool runnings means peace be the journey, which is pretty fucking cool. That's I might have dope. to get a cool runnings tattoo over here. Or <laughs> have like the bobsled. They're like pushing it, saying cool runnings <laughs> straight down the crack of my butt. <laughs> All right, uh, and then once again, um, they find out that they're disqualified due to a change in policy. And again, that's just the board people like changing it as they go. They're just being racist. Yeah. <laughs> they really kind of are. <clears throat> um, and then Irv goes in and break, busts in the middle of their board meeting, and he calls pleads, them out. He pleads yeah. their case with an emotional plea, and it worked. You know, he come to find out that dude who walked away in the, that initial kind of meeting or when they saw each other, that was his coach. That was Irv's coach when he was a bobsledder. That guy was an asshole. So he's like, you know, I get it. Like, I did something terrible. Worst mistake of my life. You know, if you want to punish me, that's fine. Disqualify me. But my my dudes didn't do anything. 
you know, they deserve to be here and fly their flag and represent their country just like everybody else. So it works. Um, so next the next with the uh, flag ceremony, right? Yeah. Which is a big deal. The whole, you know, yeah. we're assuming the country's watching. They're just like in a little bar in Jamaica watching. But, right. you know, the whole country's got to no, be like sure. stoked about that. And it is a big deal, man. For sure. Um, We'd probably take that for granted because we're like pretty much in every sport on the Olympics. But right. imagine in a country of like less than a million or whatever that population yeah. is so i i get it you know seeing your your flag there for like the first time at the world olympics probably was a big deal yeah for sure um and then the next kind of scene of significance junior's dad shows up and tells him to come home <laughs> and junior finally stands up to him and or and and you'll you'll brenner's watching it all go down and when he when he turns he's like you're one bad mutter you're one bad as mutter <laughs> um so we get to the first run and it's not good yeah, look at um, last place from day one. Yeah, it's uh they they run it in a time of fifty eight point four, and that's good which for is last an place. improvement from their first run, but still right, right now now it counts uh, dead last. Um, so they're in the hotel, they're trying to figure out what's going on, and Dries is again going on about the Swiss. Yeah, we gotta do like, like we the gotta Swiss, do it like the Swiss. Yep. And Sank is like he reminds him like, no, we're Jamaican. We talk Jamaican. We walk Jamaican. We is Jamaican. We need a bobsled. Jamaican. Jamaican. How are you not doing the accent during all these, man? Come <laughs> on. We only get like one opportunity to ever do this. I'm going full Jamaican, man. I'm trying not to. Um, okay, I throw you so, off? Yeah, you did. <laughs> so that takes us to the second run, and they shave almost two full seconds off their first run. And that's where we get the line to start. Yeah, that's where the famous feel do the it. rhythm. Do it. Feel the rhythm. <laughs> Come on, do it. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's bobsled time. Yes. <laughs> Even rolling your tongue uh, on that, man. Tried. Um, so they shaved two full seconds uh, off the first run at 56.53 and moved from 28th place to 8th place. Nice. Um, and then, really, it all comes down to this last run. Um, it shows yeah, down to the final six. They said they even have a chance to medal here. Chance to medal. Um, it shows the uh, the announcers. They've got Jamaican fever. They show their little T-shirts in support of Team Jamaica, and uh, they're on a record-setting pace. Man, they start great. They they said that start that push start was a tenth of a second faster than the Swiss. So there's no telling what they would have ran, but. That old Is that old junker? Yeah, you just see like this back. bolt coming out, just like and, shaking. But just how do you not check that? Like, how do you not just go around? That's and on the coach. Everything? That's on Irv. That's on Irv for uh, sure. Or it could be on on because he is the captain and responsible for everybody. But hey, regardless, they <laughs> they they get destroyed. Shit, dude, that was a hard wreck. They they were just grinding on their skulls for it looked like a mile dude. down that track. And the way their neck was like cranked, like oh, I know, ninety degree angle, because you can't move wall. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't move it. Um, yeah, and I've, I've got I've got an article if y'all will bear with me after this about the about the um, the actual uh, original bobsled team and the team that the movie was built around. But I will tell you that that all the crash footage that they showed in the movie was from the '88 games. Damn. That's actual footage of them crashing because they did crash in real life. Um, and then we get the scene of them picking up their sled, carrying it, you yeah. know, across the finish line. As the East German guy started a slow he started clap. Started a slow clap because you respect. Know, by that point, they've earned their earned everybody's respect. Ultimate sign of respect is the slow clap, the don't slow you think? Clap. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, 
Sanka checks on his egg, his taint oh, egg, pulls so it out. So fucking nasty. He's got to be blowing hairs he, off that thing before he kisses he it. He kisses it, and before that, Yul Brenner finally kissed it. <laughs> Gross, dude. So you kissed that. his balls. And butthole. Like, let's not kid ourselves. That thing is tucked <laughs> in between your balls and your butt. And butthole. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the end of the movie. We get an emotional <laughs> embrace. We end it with the kiss of, <laughs> of the egg. And it's over. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's not, it's not, not a lie. Um... But yeah, so that was Cool Runnings. Um, they didn't place, um, but they did go on to qualify for the next Olympics. Um, and like I said, I have a little article. Uh, it's kind of long, but st- stick with me. We'll chop it up. Um, uh, Devin Harris, an original member of the team and chairman of the Jamaican Bobsled Federation, says the movie's plot is a far cry from what actually happened. 30 years ago, the Jamaican bobsled team competed for the first time in the Winter Olympics. Uh, theirs is an ultimate underdog story. A group of guys with Olympic aspirations in a country known for its beaches, but not snow. It is no wonder that Hollywood jumped at the chance to tell their story in the 1993 film Cool Runnings. But Devin Harris, an original member of the team and chairman of the Jamaican Bobsled Federation, says the movie's plot is a far cry from what actually happened. Quote, the true story is even more remarkable, Harris told Inside Edition. Cool Runnings grossed nearly $69 million at the box office when it was released in October of 93, and the film continues to charm our audiences. Um, it goes on to recap the film, which we just did. Uh, quote, it is very loosely based on us, Harris told Inside Edition. The true story is too bizarre and that people wouldn't believe it. The names of all the characters, including Blitzer, Irv, are made up. Uh, the real version goes like this. In 1987, two American businessmen, George Fitch and William Maloney, were living in Jamaica and were inspired by a local pushcart derby to form the f- country's first bobsled team. With the support of Jamaica Olympic Association, the Americans first set their sights on recruiting track stars who didn't qualify for the Olympics. Uh, they also spoke to the Jamaican Defense Force and got the help of Colonel Ken Barnes to recruit players. Among those recruits was Harris, who was 22 at the time and serving in the Jamaican Army. But he was a middle-distance runner who tried out for the 84 Olympics but failed to qualify. Quote, I thought it was ridiculous, he recalled. People thought it People thought it was ridiculous. I said, no one could ever get me on one of those. But Barnes pushed him to try out for the team. Once Barnes told me to go, in a way, I wanted to be on the team, he said. If, and if I'm going, I'm not going to make up a number. I'm going to make up a team. And I always dreamed of being a summer Olympian for track, but then my thinking shifted. I saw how amazing the opportunity was. Unlike the real movie, the athletes didn't have to sell kisses or hawk their vehicles. In reality, the team was funded by Finch and the Jamaican Tourism Board. The original recruits were not former track stars, but three members of the Army. Captain Dudley Stokes, Lieutenant Devin Harris, and Private Michael White, and a civilian, Samuel Clayton. Quote, we, we know what great athletes there are in Jamaica, and we know that athleticism could be applied to any sport, Fitch told Inside Edition in 93. This was an idea that grabbed me. The film shows the men crashing into fields and farms as they practice. In reality, the four players trained for three hours a day next to a soccer field in the Army barracks using a makeshift sled. Practices were grueling, but without the use of snow, the squad didn't know how good they could be. Still, they relished the opportunity. Quote, I am from the hood, and, ye- and a year after high school, I'm in the Army, Harris said. Then I become a bobsledder, something no one in my country has done. For Harris, the bobsled, while it was foreign to him, was still a ticket to broaden his horizons. <clears throat> Quote, growing up in my neighborhood, there was not much of an opportunity, he said. There was more despair than hope. I wanted to be an o- Wanting to be an officer was a dream, and then I applied that dream into reality. What, ha- what happened if I didn't? It, it is ha- it's hard to get out of the ghetto. A month after being assembled, the tra- team traveled to Lake Placid, New York, 
to train on the tracks. It was no more flat surfaces, concrete, or dirt. Um, let's see. Uh, the, the team later trained in Calgary and Austria, then back to Lake Placid. Along the way, they picked up two more players, Frederick Powell and Caswell Allen. Powell became a de facto publicist for the team by selling shirts and singing their song, Hobbin and a Bobbin. <laughs> when they returned to Calgary in February 98, they were welcomed warmly by their peers, unlike the film. Quote, in the film, they stretched the truth on, on, truth on racial, racial discrimination, he said. Athletes generally don't treat each other that way. Just a week before the Olympics, Allen injured his hand and had to be replaced. Stokes' brother, Chris, who was at the games but had never been on a bobsled, was a last-minute replacement. Quote, we were like, Chris, you're a sprinter, right? Come on. So three day, so in three days, we taught him everything we knew. And at the end of the week, we pushed the seventh fastest time. So Damn. one dude only had three days training. And then, unlike the movie, they were already pushing. The starts were already there. So they, already, they, were, they were seventh fastest. Um, Jamaican bobsled team also competed in the two-man sled race, which I didn't know, which is not depicted in the film. They also didn't use a rickety sled left over by the Americans like the Cool Runnings cast did. In fact, the Jamaicans rented an older sled from Canada and painted their colors on it just days before the race. Um, so yeah, so it, it goes on and on. I could read it, but basically, you know, they said, you know, it was loosely, loosely based, um, you know, they go on to talk about the third heat and where they crashed. Um, the driver, Dudley Stokes, who'd suffered a shoulder injury during training, lost his control of the sled on a turn. Team crashed, forcing the sled on its side. <clears throat> and it says, Cool Runnings used the footage from the actual crash in the film. Um, so, there you go. Um, in 1998, uh, Harris returned to the Army. He said he took off the Olympic uniform, put an Army uniform back on. Um, then they went on to compete in the 92 Olympics and the 98 Olympics. Um, so, um, sounds like now they have a rich history. Um, they were in 2014 in Sochi. They failed to qualify for the 2018 in South Korea, but they did send a woman's team, bobsled team for the first time in the country's history. So, so expect that movie out soon. <laughs> There's cool runnings. I really enjoyed it. I forgot how good of a movie this was. I laughed out loud several yeah. times during that, the movie. That wasn't a bad movie at all. No, not we at all. We usually kind of like stick to bag movies, but I mean, that was one of the better ones for no, sure. it was Up good. there with Scream. <laughs> no, it was very good. All right, so with the movie review in the bag, let's move on to sports. Um, like I said, we are going to go over um, the NFL, um, the NFL awards. Um, our predictions for them anyways. Um, and we broke them down into, I forget how many categories, maybe six. Uh, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Um, so we're going to break that down uh, for you right now. Um, MVP, who do you got? <clears throat> well, I'm a big homer, and I think he's going to have a big year with the – Full weapons and with the offensive line, so I went Dak fucking Prescott winning the MVP. I if think Dak we'll win wins the MVP, we're winning the Super Bowl. Not necessarily. I think so. I think we. I think. He, I think he has a better chance of winning MVP than we do in the Super Bowl. But if they go hand in hand, I'll be thrilled. Um, I mean, not a bad pick. Did you have like another one or a dark horse? Yeah, I picked dark horse Josh Allen. I feel like every year since he came out of college, he's just been getting better and impressing people and making them eat crow. 
year after year. And the way he's progressed, he it, it it's sooner or later he's going to win a, an a MVP with the way he's been playing. That's not a bad pick. Um, I've got Patty Mahomes winning it. Um, it's a safe pick. It's a safe pick, but it's also the most probably realistic. True. If they go on, if they make another Super Bowl, there's a good chance he's going to win it. Uh, Dark Horse, I picked, I picked um, Josh Allen as well. Um, but I could also see Timmy Brady getting in there. Um, I, I thought Aaron Rodgers, you know, despite wherever I'm, he goes, wherever he goes, um, I know it's probably hard to pick him now, but you can't count that guy out. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't see going to somebody other than the quarterback. No, it's always a quarterback. <clears throat> All right. So let's go to defensive player of the year. Um, I'll go first. I've got TJ Watt getting it. Uh, he's been on the cusp for years. TJ Watt's a sore subject around here in Dallas. If you're not listening in Dallas, um, we picked a guy named Taco Charlton over him. Um, you know, I could see Aaron Donald winning it again. Would that be his fourth? Yeah. Um, I, outside of those two guys, um, so Donald, uh, Donald was your dark horse. Not, he's not even really a dark horse. Those are just the only two guys I could think that could. It's going to be somebody, you know, it's always someone with like 10 to 15 or plus sacks. Maybe Tremaine Edmonds out of Buffalo. You know, maybe that could be a dark yeah, horse. Yeah, because Stephon Gilmore won it as a corner a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, so. Uh, I had, I also picked A.J. Watt, and my dark horse was in the same uh, conference, actually. I went, or same division. I went uh, Miles Garrett as my dark horse. Yeah, that's a good pick. The guy is just like. <laughs> fucking shredded i mean he's got muscles on top of muscles and we know how he swings a helmet it's just a matter of time before he gets <laughs> like 20 i sacks. could also see either one of the boses you know if they put together a healthy season they could win it yeah you so, could have just put boses <clears throat> you know could have been nick and joey as like your favorite and dark horse one yeah. of the two absolutely uh, and same thing almost with the watts like i doubt jj's gonna have this type of season tj will but He's a three-time winner, so it'd be like this I other brother could him win it. Him as a dark horse, it's just his injury history scares yeah, me. Yeah, you can't you can't expect him to put up, especially when he's got like a younger brother that's putting up same numbers and all these other young guys coming off the edge. It's going to be an edge rusher, and like you said, MVP. It's going to be a quarterback. That's why it's easy to narrow that down. Almost always, uh, offensive player of the year. I didn't have that written down, but I will pick Derek Big Dick Henry. Okay. Not a bad pick. Um, I think this is an area where Patrick Mahomes could sweep both categories. I could see a guy like Christian McCaffrey yeah. if he has a big year. Um, he can get easily get another thousand and thousand season. I could see him. I could see Derrick Henry. Um, maybe you know, as a guy like Travis Kelsey going to that'd be a nice kind of break that mold. And, yeah, yeah, to see like a tight end get yeah. it because didn't he lead the NFL in receiving yards last year? Yep, and he could easily get you. 10 to 15 touchdowns. So if he was 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns, I would love to see like a tight end break that <clears throat> yeah, I'm just kind of throwing stuff out there, you know, uh, just for conversation's sake. Um, I don't see a wide receiver getting it. Um, if he did, I could see maybe Devontae Adams if he still has Rodgers throwing to him. Yeah, I want to see what kind of step DK Metcalf takes in his third year. Uh, if they let Russ cook. You know he could have a he could have you know, a fifteen and fifteen season or fifteen and eighteen season. Wait, what? Fifteen hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns. 
Oh, you're talking about DK. DK. Yeah. I was going to say, that'd be a terrible year for Russell Wilson. No, no, no. No, I'm talking about DK. But uh, ever since they started talking about that let Russ cook last year, his numbers just tanked. Well, because Pete Carroll doesn't want him to cook. Right. It's Pete like Carroll wants to bring him. Russell Wilson's already retired today. He's a Hall of Famer, and they yeah. restrict him. They put mm-hmm. sha- they put you know shackles on him. Be yeah. like, no, you need to do this for us yep. instead. Hand it off to Chris Carson or... Rashard Penny or whoever else they got. All right, let's get into the rookies. Offensive rookie of the year. Who do you got? I mean, it's hard not to say Trevor Lawrence. Yep. And my dark horse. I went extra dark horse. That's not a black joke. I went Najee Harris as a running back. I think he's going to do so much that offense. He could be. We've seen rookie running backs coming to make instant impacts. Yeah, Zeke you know, had a Zeke. great rookie year. Zeke almost won. I think he was second that year in yeah. offensive rookie of the year voting. And Najee Harris is just going to be the focal point of that offense. I think he's going to be. The next Alvin Kamara. I've got Trevor Lawrence as well, but I really think Justin Fields, he's in a better situation, I think, uh, in Chicago, just right off the bat. Yeah, he got to go to a playoff team. Yeah. You know, the Bears made the playoffs, so they're not like like the Chiefs good, but they're, you know, better than half the teams in the league already. They're, they're not the Chiefs good, but they're not the Jags bad. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's, he's, he instantly has better weapons and I think better coaching. I like Mike Nagy and I fucking hate Urban Meyer, so. Justin Fields, for me, uh, could be the dark horse, but even a darker horse, um, Devontae Smith in Philly. Mm, I would pick probably if, either if, Pitts if, or Jamar Chase over him. If he or Jalen Waddle. I really thought Jalen Waddle because I think he's going to return kicks and punts. I should have. I think he can that. make an. Inf- I think he can make an impact. I should have prefaced that with saying if he had a quarterback, I would pick him. Yeah, fuck the Eagles. Um. All right, defensive rookie of the year. I've got Jameen Davis. He's a linebacker. Selected by the football team. Football team just building that defense. You know, if they ever get an good. offense going, they're good. Their weapons are good. They Ron, really are. Fitzpatrick's coming into a situation in Washington where they're already in a better position than where he was in Miami. And he was going to lead that team to a few more wins in Miami before they pulled him for – yeah, they wanted to put in Tua, Tua too bad. They were like, they were getting like antsy. I mean, they're a competent Tua. quarterback away from being pretty good. And he is like the ultimate. Just you know, I'm not gonna rake. I'm not gonna throw for 400, but I'm not gonna throw for three picks. It's gonna be a one score game in the fourth quarter. I've always liked Fitzpatrick, and it scares me, man. Like they're the one team in our division. I think that like could really challenge us because that defense is so good, and all they've been, they, like you said, they were one competent quarterback away from making noise, and they got. A very serviceable veteran. Um, other one, my dark horse is Michael Parsons. I just didn't want to be a homer. Well, um, I went straight homer. He's gonna go. He's gonna go straight into playing time. He's playing a position where he can get a ton of tackles. He can was, make a big yeah, difference. Yeah, I was gonna say I could. I we could set the over under at uh, total tackles at 120. <clears throat> interceptions at probably four. I was going to say three, so three to four. I think he gets a couple of sacks. He's going to get some pass deflections, some pass breakups. You know, he might get a forced fumble or two. I just think he's going to – by the end of the year, you're going to look at it and across the board, he's going to have at least average to above average numbers in every single category. So my pick was Micah Parsons. My dark horse was J.C. Horn because that's who I initially wanted for us. So I'd like to see him succeed. And I could see J.C. Horn. The only thing is I think – Cornerback is the one position where, unless you're Dion, Dion, Jalen Ramsey, it's one of the harder positions to transfer for straight from college to pro. to pro. And I think he's going to be the number one, so that's going to be tough. So like when they play Atlanta, for example, 
Well, he'd be fucked, actually. He's going to either get Julio, Calvin Ridley, or Kyle Pitt. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. going to be that number one. So, when he plays a, the Packers, he's going to get Smith. So, but that and, might actually then, not be a great pick because he's he probably going to give up a lot. Right? Yeah. So, when they play New Orleans, he's going to get Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. When so they play the Bucks, That probably wasn't gonna... a great pick in hindsight because he is he's going to be that number one guy. But I think he's going to embrace it, though. He's going to he's gonna embrace that it. challenge. And, you know, that old saying, iron sharpens iron, you know, yep. that's only going to – he's either going to – you know, that's the ultimate litmus test is being put, thrown in the deep end with those guys. So I think maybe in five years we'll look back and be like, J.C. Yeah. Horn progressed because he embraced it. But, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not year one. But I was just a big J.C. Horn fan. But I really think Micah Parsons is going to stuff the stat sheet. Patrick Sertain could be another one that gets it. Yeah. Because um, I think they would have more help for him on defense. Yeah. So that might actually be a better yeah. pick for me would be Sertain. Uh, comeback player of the year. Uh, who do you got? Well, if Prescott's winning the MVP, he's got to be comeback player of the year. Yeah. That's who I've got. i got Dak Prescott. Uh, Dark Horse, i got Joe Burrow. So just do I. because – I mean, if he leads that team to five or six wins, it's an improvement. And Didn't McCaffrey miss a big chunk of time last year? He probably missed at least 10, 10 or more games. So that probably qualifies You could him. do Saquon. Saquon. I mean, there was I Nick Saquon. Bosa. I, both Bosa. So many fucking good players missed time last year. So, But, like I said, it's going to go to – I think it will go to a quarterback. I think these awards are a little biased. Because um, if it doesn't go to a quarterback and if someone makes an impact, I think it should be Barkley because he's in a much different – much more difficult situation than, say, McCaffrey – Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I have Dak Prescott and Saquon Barkley, uh, but like you said, Joe Burrow. If he has, if he gets seven, eight wins out of that team, you yeah, know, it's going to be hard success. to not give it to somebody who like can double their win total. Uh, Coach of the year, I got Sean McDermott for Buffalo. He should have probably had one a couple years back, but uh, could have had one last year. Last honestly. year, but they gave it to Stefanski. Um, my dark horse, Brian Flores. If if they if Miami continues to rise, um, that's another guy right there. That's such a great turnaround. So I'll just say, like, and we didn't cheat off each other because my coach of the year is Brian Flores and my dark horse is Sean McDermott. <laughs> yeah. But I think Brian Flores because, I mean, from where they've gone the last three years to now just barely missing the playoffs at 10-6, and six, adding, like, two more first-round picks and just loading up on the rest of their picks, I, I think that's going to be a fun division to watch between the Bills and the uh, Dolphins to see who's going to take it. So it's going to be somebody from the AFC North, or is that the East? I think they're the East. Uh, that may be the East. Uh, let's see. Yeah, because the North is like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and whoever else is in that division. All right, Cincinnati. so Cincinnati. that was our um, 2021 NFL awards. Yep. So now that Way we put it out early. there, none of it's going to happen. <laughs> Way we're, too we're, early. We're going to get them all wrong. So I sent you a screenshot of. Pete Prisco for CBS Sports put out a oh, yeah. he put out a top 100 players list. Um, but specifically, what I saw is I saw a I think it was a top 20 wide receivers list, and I screenshotted it and I sent it to you. And there was a glaring someone it was a glaring hole. There was no Amari Cooper, and I've got the top 100 pulled up. Okay, if you want to go through. If you want to go through uh, the wide receivers real quick. And get that picture you sent me. Yeah, if you can pull that up and we'll go through. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's about, you know, a handful of these where it's like, yeah, those are no doubt. no doubt. So they have Devontae Adams ranked seventh overall. So I'm going to give you the overall, but this is the order of the receiver. You got Stefan Diggs at 12, Tyreek Hill 13, Julio 
Jones, 28. DeAndre Hopkins, 36. DK Metcalf, Metcalf, 39. Justin Jefferson, 45. Allen Robinson, 46. Okay, stop right there. I think you could slot Amari Cooper right in behind DK Metcalf. Right in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him ahead of Michael Thomas, but shortly after that is where he really needs to be in this list. So that would mean he's a top ten top ten receiver, top fifty player. I think he's better than Allen Robinson. I just don't know if he's better than Michael Thomas. Um so Michael Thomas was what, fifty five? Who is this? Chris Godwin fifty nine. Mike Evans, 62. Calvin Ridley, 67. A.J. Brown, 72. Keenan Allen, 76. Odell Beckham, get the fuck out of here, 81. Burn me in fantasy, dude. Yeah, every year. Never trust him in fantasy. D.J. Moore, 89. Adam Thielen, 97. And Tyler Lockett, 98. No fucking way those last, like, five guys are better than There's no way. I mean, he had garbage thrown to him, protected by absolute garbage, and he still got over 1,000 yards. I fuck. I don't know. That's just that. Yeah. That's just there's national no media cowboys hate as at its finest. Um, but I've got the uh, I've got the top 100 pulled up. Um, number one, Patty Patty Mahomes. Two, Aaron Donald. Three, Aaron Rodgers. Four, Tom Brady. Five, Travis Kelsey. Six, T.J. Watt. Seven, Devontae Adams. Eight, Russell Wilson. Nine, Miles Garrett. And ten, Josh Allen. And I think our first guy was um, Zach Martin at 18. Because I know they said we had four. It was 18. Exactly. And then um, Tank Lawrence was somewhere like in the 40s. And then Dak and Zeke rounded out. I think they were like in the 50s or 60s. So I'll give you the first five after the top ten. You tell me if any of these guys, if he got they deserve. 11, Derrick Henry. 12, Stephen Diggs. 13, Tyree Kill. 14, Jair Alexander. And 15, Jalen Ramsey. Any of those guys, did he get the top 10 right? Do any of those next five deserve to be in the top 10? I mean, I love Derrick Big Dick Henry. And maybe Jalen Ramsey. And maybe Ramsey because he the is corner. the one shut, shut down corner, yeah. But I really can't argue with their top 10. No. I, really I, I don't like Tyree Kill being that high just because he's a woman beater and he abuses children. But I guess if you run fast, you get to you know play football. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, you can't really argue with that. I like how the Chiefs got two guys in the top five. That's pretty right. fucking awesome. Uh, sixteen Trent Williams, seventeen Nick Bosa, eighteen Zach Martin, uh, nineteen Dalvin Cook, and twenty Khalil Mack. I'll say I think Quentin Nelson was twenty six, and I think that's a I think that's a travesty. He's twenty six. Yeah, correct. he should have been like you could easily put him in top ten. I love that big um, sexy guard. 21, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Deshaun Watson, Xavier Howard, Joey Bosa. Both Bosa boys <clears> in the top 25, too. Quentin Nelson, David Bakhtiari, Julio Jones, Lamar Jackson at 29, and Chris Jones, Kansas City DN in the top 30. Damn, Kansas City's got at least three guys top there. No, that's four guys in the top 30 because Tyree Kill was barely mm-hmm. a top 10. Jesus. Yeah, watch out uh, for them in the got, Super Bowl again. They got Justin Herbert ranked 38. That's strong i really should be dude i ha- i really almost put him as my dark horse mvp but i think in the second year they're going to figure something out about him they're not going to able to stop him completely but he's not going to put up you know 34 touchdowns and only seven interceptions this year so we get to our second dallas cowboy at 42 demarcus lawrence prisco says he hasn't had double digit sacks in any of the past two seasons getting six and a half last season but he remains a player does get a lot of pressure he's still playing at a high level even if the sack numbers might not show it yeah 
Yeah, he does a lot of stuff that doesn't show up in stat sheet. And he, I mean, he'll take on double teams almost all game. Then we get uh, all the way to 50 at Dak Prescott. <clears throat> Prescott says his season-ending ankle injury last season sent the Cowboys into a tailspin. He signed a big new contract this offseason, which will put more pressure on him. But he seems more than up to it. I don't see how you could put him at 50 because he was putting up ridiculous numbers. I guess we, I know we weren't winning, but, I mean, he was on pace for like 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. And you're projecting this list onto how they're going to perform in the upcoming year. So to say he's healthy, he's signed up, his offensive line is back, he's got all the weapons, so how is he not going to be better than the 50th-ranked player if he's got everything going for him right now? Uh, And we're just obviously Cowboy homers, but I think you could have put Dak somewhere in the 20s to 30s to maybe even top 40 at worst. uh, 57, you got Zeke Elliott. And Prisco says, Elliot is coming off a disappointing 2020 season. that saw him rush for a career low in yards, 979, and average 4.0. But the line was banged up in front of him, and this is a big, big prove-it year for Elliot coming up in 2021. Yeah, I think it'll help Elliot too because for the first time in his career, the focus isn't entirely on him. <laughs> yeah. So we actually have like a very legit passing game. So it's like pass, 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 and then run, and then you know loosen him up, and then wear him down in the second half. So I'm hoping for a big year for, for Zeke. I know I've been a hater, but I just want him to live up to that contract. So if he lives up to it, I'm all good. You know, I got nothing to say. It's just when he fumbles three times and gets you under 50 yards in a game, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. But he Fair could enough, easily turn that around, and I, I think, you know. And I'll talk about – we're going to talk about some Cowboy OT. Yeah, apparently he's been looking great, so I'm you know, <clears> awesome. <throat> I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm kind of scrolling while you were talking, kind of just looking for anything I have problems with. And I know he was hurt. But they got Saquon Barkley at 87. Well, they had uh, Nick Bosa at 14, and he missed 14 games. Or at, like, 17, I guess. But like I said, I guess you're projecting for 2021 season. And if that's the case, then, yeah, he's got to be higher than Zeke. Yeah. So I don't get this. I really don't get this list. Because if we're saying this is going to be the upcoming year rankings, Zeke is not going to be as good as Saquon if Saquon's they healthy. They have Kyler Murray at 94. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's he's stupid. a dark horse MVP guy. He really can be. If They've got a tough division, but if he can get them into the playoffs and he has – if he plays like Kyler – and full disclosure, I have huge man crush on Kyler Murray. 94 is a slap in the face. It um, really is. And then Mr. 100 with Jerry Sneed. He's a safety for the Chiefs. Um, of course, Chiefs. Yeah, nothing really, nothing else, and he's he's saying on uh, he just just missed. So I guess guys, he's got outside the top 100: Von Miller, Kenny Galladay, Josh Johnson, the safety out of uh, Cleveland, Quinnen Williams. Uh, and so he mentioned Galladay, who missed a huge part of the season, but still no mention of Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, but he's like probably 12th or 15th down on this list. Fuck, fuck you, Pete Prisco. Um, that's fine, dude, because, you know, I think the next year's list will have Tyron Smith, probably will have Lyle Collins, I think it'll have Amari Cooper, I think it could either have Gallup or Lamb, so it's like, we could add, like, four guys to this list for next year, and I mean, they'll be, like, lower on the list, but, you know, we could have guys in the 80s and 90s. Yep, so that was that. Um, that was that. So that was the NFL Pete Prisco's top 100, and the uh, we went over the Amari Cooper shade, missing out on the top, what was it, 10 or 20 wide receivers? Well, um, yeah, because 
at least 20 because you were listening, you know, Galladay and other people that yeah. were honorable mentions. Uh, so let's get into some Cowboy OTA uh, observations. Uh, OTAs continue this week. Um, I read a lot of reports, listened to uh, Broadus, who was out at practice. Um, Nation Wright continues to stand out from Broadus. I hope um, he proves this all wrong, man, because that the was guy such that a mind-boggling. didn't have a draft grade. Didn't deserve to be drafted. He had another two Took pick. shit from everyone locally and nationally for he, that pick. He had another two picks this this week. Damn. One was off Dak. One was off, I uh, almost said Gilbert Crape. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Garrett Gilbert. Uh, but uh, Nashawn Wright um, was a big standout. Is he playing corner or safety? Corner. Okay. Um, uh, shoot. <laughs> Michael Parsons continues to just look like a freak out there. He is uh, a physical freak, dude. We've been saying that for over a year. Per John Machota. Shout out, Machota. Father um, John. Yep. Uh, uh, Dak, uh, day one, looked rusty, as expected. Yeah, um, totally expected. But from today, Brada says he's he's hitting all his marks. Everything looks crisp coming out of the arm. Um, and they're working a ton on footwork. Not just with Dak, but with all the quarterbacks. Um, Dak looks good. Um, said Zeke looks to drop to about 10 to 15 pounds. He looks super light on his feet. He Ex- looks cut again. Excellent, you know, dude. Uh, he just brought us, couldn't get enough, couldn't say enough about him. So that's Well, good because news. in years past, it'd be the opposite, where he comes in heavy and overweight, and he's like, I'll get, I'm going to get into game shape, you know, or I'm going to get in shape for the season. So for him to come in focused and ready, I mean, that's fucking awesome. I love to hear that. Um, it was weird. Pollard uh, was getting reps at wide receiver. I could see him playing slot. Yeah, and we've seen that with uh, why not? Why not have two backs and then split one out? You know, we split seen, one out to the slot you know, and go like this, four wide. This may be something that's going around the league. You know, uh, Travis Etienne during rookie minicamp yeah. was getting re- took one day full reps at wide receiver. So I don't mind. I'll put all the weapons out there we can. Absolutely, um, spread them out, confuse the defense, and let you know where the ball's <laughs> going. They don't after OTAs. Uh, not Blake Jarwin. Who's our other tight end? Dalton Schultz. No, sorry. Blake Jarwin is going out to California to train with uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I've heard they were like, they're good friends. Yeah, so all those three guys are going to, and for Jarwin to get in the company of those guys and learn from them and pick their brains. Dude, Jarwin. We've got two weapons at tight end. I don't know if people realize Jarwin is going to come back and have a great He's year. He's a great athlete. Like, he has that Kelsey speed where yeah. he gets the ball and he can run 23 yards before he gets tackled. And then I was super impressed with with um schultz schultz last year especially after like that first game he really became like a reliable target he had a shaky first game and then he kind of balled out the rest of the year and schultz not to put him on this pedestal but he's almost like the more witten to where it's like i'm just gonna catch it i'm gonna know my spot i'm gonna find the marker and i'm gonna fall down where jarwin could cut and run well i had huge hopes for blake jarwin before he got hurt um i really think this offense is could be top five and uh more more rave reviews for dan quinn um, uh, from observations, people seem to think that this defense is clicking. Towards last year, yeah, you know, we can say COVID and virtual learning. But and I all heard, that. um, what's his name? I heard right, Mike Nolan. They said his scheme was just so confusing and like hard to understand, and he wouldn't like kind of help the players understand it better. He was like, you know, this is my system, just figure it out. 
whereas Dan Quinn's like a player's coach, and he's going to work with you. He's he's on the field. He's got his hands on players, and from everything I've read and and heard, it's you can visually see the players picking it up better. Yeah, everything I've heard from Dan Quinn, I fucking love him. Keanu Neal looking like he's going to play more safety than linebacker. Oh, which yeah? is a position he's played in the past for Dan Quinn. But he could probably come in the box he on any cut, package. Yeah, he can come in the box. He can, he can play. He's got that versatility where yeah, he, can, he, he, can, he He's that like hybrid safety linebacker, so he's like perfect for that. All right, so that was a few Cowboy OTA observations. This, is, I think, is the last camp, and they get a month break, and then July, you know, we're in – we're in, in Oxnard in training camp, and then that first week in August, in two months, we're at the Hall of Fame game. We got Are we playing the Hall of yep. Fame game? Preseason football. Do we have two this year? Two or three or just Four. one? Four? Four preseason. I thought it would have only been three to total 20, so we got three preseason, 17 regular. Let me double check. Because before it was four preseason, 16 regular for 20. Let me double check. Um, right. So let's move on. Uh, like I mentioned in um, – in the intro, we're coming off a big Dallas Mavericks Game 5 victory in L.A. Uh, what was the score? 101? 105? 105? I think it was 105-100 or 101. I think it was 105-100. And it was yeah, super we, we tight butthole. Yeah. Super tight Especially butthole Especially in the last end. two minutes because we had a 10-point lead. lead. Yeah, and they said that like no team in NBA playoff history has blown a 10-point lead with under two minutes, but... If it wasn't for Terrence Mann, like doing a double clutch after they got that turnover on like the what we could have been the final possession, and he like did like a double clutch and passed it to Batum, who like went up, made you know, missed his layup, and Hardaway got the rebound, which was best case scenario for us because he's our best free throw shooter. Just to, I, and then even then, I wasn't sure until wasn't it Richardson hit the final two to give it us a five point lead, and I finally could breathe easy. Yeah, um, in Kawhi, he got that spot. He got a spot in the corner, almost the same exact spot when he eliminated uh, the 76ers when he was in Toronto. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and I thought for sure that was going in. Um, Playoff Kawhi just terrifies me, dude. He is such a fucking And then there's that look that Rondo gave him. Did you see? Did you catch that? Yeah, like right. after he missed the shot, they called a timeout or something. He's like walking. bewildered. Look, he had that almost that LeBron James, J.R. Smith moment where he just was like, "What? <laughs> yeah, what is going on?" And I, I to be a fly on the wall, I want to know what Rondo said because he rushed that shot. He didn't have to take that shot. He could have drove baseline and got the two or draw foul or whatever. But he he rushed that three, and then that's when Rondo gave him the look. But you're right, we almost blew it there. Yeah, because Luca was end. gassed, dude. Like, like when he's on the court for us, we're obviously a plus. As soon as he goes off, that's how we lost game game three. We're up nineteen, took him out, and the next thing you know, you know, we're losing. Or they call oh, they, we weren't losing, but they shaved that down to just you know single digits, like three or four points before the end of the quarter. Like we barely won that quarter. So for a twenty-two year old, it's crazy to say, but the franchise is literally on his shoulders. No, it is. Uh, you can tell you know, when he's out, it's just different. Yeah. And I feel like he set, I think, early in the fourth. Yeah. He started they, the fourth on the bench. I said, okay, if this thing goes below double digits, you got to put him back in. And I think Carlisle brought him in right at 10 points. Yeah. Right when they brought it down to 10, he was like, all right, that's yeah. enough. Yeah. He brought him in. And, you know, even if he's not scoring, because he went a stretch during the fourth quarter where he was either not putting up shots or just not making them. And he really was just the facilitator. Yeah, but when his he, step back's on and his, and he's getting floaters in the lane, 
you, you can't guard it. And he's already got like that Dirk turnaround fadeaway. Flamingo fade. Yeah, the Flamingo Dirk one-legger. It's like he's worked on so many things. <laughs> he's so good. The only thing he can improve on is his free throws, which I heard he's like at 41% or something. I heard a stupid take. Um, usually I love Barstool. I, I agree with a lot. I like a lot of what they do. But it was Big Cat and um, I forget the kid's name. But Pinky Shoes. No. Billy Football, maybe. Anyway. Johnny he, fucking Utah. <laughs> um, he was saying that he thinks that Luca isn't 22, that he's more like 27 or 28. And that because he's European and there's a lot of paperwork that that could get fudged up that he's more like 27 or 28. So he's literally going with like the Obama birth. He's going old school Danny Almonte Little League World Series off theory on this. Which is he, they've had game footage on him since he was a teenager. You could yeah, tell but like he was like progression of puberty. Yeah, but he was like 20 he so he claims he was like 21 22 then when he was playing for Real Madrid. Yeah. It's so stupid. Anyway, I uh, mean if there's any weight to that like I'm pretty sure that would be like you know, sports world shattering news. Yeah, and just to confirm, we do got four preseason games beginning Thursday, August fifth, uh, Hall of Fame game against the Steelers. That's a good game. Seven o'clock on Fox, and then we got Cardinals. I'll be at your house. Let's do it. Cardinals, Texans, Jaguars to finish up, which sucks because we get Jaguars week four, so we probably won't get to see Trevor Lawrence. Um, and then oh yeah, that does suck. Leads us right into. Week one, September 9th, Thursday night. Beating the fucking Tampa Bay <clears throat> sucking ears. So, uh, back to basketball. So, we get that win. We're up 3-2. Uh, Suns and Lakers are playing now. Both L.A. teams on the brink of elimination. Is um, Portland-Denver series? Is that game over? Are you checking? No, let me check. Oh, I thought you were like looking on everything. No, I know check. they play first. I don't even I think it's 3-2. Um, here, I had pulled it up with the... With the series because every, the the East is set, so we know who's playing in the East. Uh, ninety nine, ninety five Trailblazers. Uh, forty nine seconds to go left in the third. Okay, so that's so the fourth. So in the East, um, Philly, Philly over uh, Washington. So they're gonna play Atlanta. I think that's gonna be a great series. I heard uh, Alex say something about Embiid having something torn, like like a meniscus, and if that's the case, I'll have to take Atlanta. And then we got a great series with uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. That's going to be a great series. Uh, Hot take. I think Milwaukee takes that. I was going to say, man, I would love to see Milwaukee take it just because fuck the big three. I don't. I hate when people team up like that. Uh, in the West, we already have the Jazz advance. They're going to play the winner of the Clippers-Mavericks. And then the other round, it's uh, they're both 3-2, so we'll find out. Well, we could find out at the end of the week. It's going to be either Denver or Portland taking on either uh, Phoenix or Lakers. So... Round two of the playoffs is just going to get more intense, better team. So we've got game six tomorrow. We could close it out at home. Eight o'clock game. uh, And the final was 105-100. I've got it pulled up right now. Uh, You know, we need Luca to to ball out. Uh, One guy I want to give kind of maybe um, unexpected player of the game award for game five was Dwight Powell. I think he brought He's a great ton of energy. Guy. Yeah. Um, I think he busted his ass. He got seven boards. We needed that. And that's really that's his Carlisle. whole game. That's, that's his whole game right and there. That's Carlisle kind of just pulling those strings, kind of knowing his team. Um, and it really bums me out that Dwight Powell had that Achilles injury because I don't know if you remember before the injury, that dude was – his trajectory was going way up. 
Well, he, he was a high flyer. With, he plays nicely with Luca. Like they, they can, they, they work well when it comes to like just lobs and just shit like that. So Luca makes him infinitely better. And going back to kind of um, Carlisle pulling the strings, uh, starting big like we did. Um, I think that was like the second tallest starting lineup for the playoff game in NBA history. Well, yeah, yeah, two guys that were they had a seven foot four and a seven foot three guy. Your guard, your starting guard, six eight. The tallest lineup was also by a Mavs team in 03, I believe. It was Dirk, Rafe LaFrance, and Sean Bradley. Oh, the Bradley years, yeah. Yeah, I hope he's doing good. Yeah, um, another great player that stood out was um. Dorian Finney-Smith mm-hmm. for guard, just I mean he offensively you can expect you know maybe fifteen five and four which is not bad I mean but defensively to sh- to not shut down Kawhi but slow him slow. down enough is you can't ask for much more than that. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with um, Dwight Powell. Um, KP kind of showed some life there in the fourth. He had a couple he had, big shots. He had that big three. Yeah, to put us up. And he had some <laughs> defensive stops. Um, that I love. I love seeing Boban compete. Loves seeing Boban. Um, it was just, it was a good night. I was on the edge of my seat for a lot of it. Um, so we got a big game six tomorrow night. Yeah. Game six tomorrow at eight, like you said. And then I heard if there's a game seven, it's going to be Sunday. They said, even if there's not a game seven, even if we close it out, the Mavericks still are going to play on Sunday. They're going to have game one. So we're either having a game seven on Sunday or we're playing game one against the jazz on Sunday. Mm, But the NBA said, regardless, they're going to, we're going to turn around and play that game. Mm, I don't like that. Uh, okay, so that's that's kind of everything. What about uh, your road stat? Oh, uh, second time in NBA history that uh, the road team has won uh, every, every game, game through, five. through five. So nobody talks about that road court advantage, but here we are. <laughs> the road court the advantage. Road court advantage. So, uh, but Speaking here we are. Of that for the Rangers. Uh, that. It's a great transition. Let's talk about our Texas Rangers. <laughs> Say that with a laugh. Or Texas Rangers. Well, they're setting their own franchise records with 14 straight road losses, which I think either ties or breaks the record since they moved to uh, to Texas. I think the Washington Senators had like a 16-game road losing streak, but you know we lost again to the Rockies. I think that was was it a three game because it it had to have been a three game series because today would have been the day game. Uh, to close out the series. The getaway and, game. Yeah, the getaway game. And, you know, the Rockies aren't that great. So it's not like we're losing to, like, the Dodgers or something here. Although so, the Dodgers went through their slump, too. Dodgers got some injuries. I would love to have half the talent they have, though. But you know what? It's not like we we're going to fucking do anything this year. So let's play young guys like we have been. Let's get another – let's get the number one pick this year. So we get number two, the number one, and then we'll turn that shit around. <laughs> yeah, um – Still, I've made it out to the new stadium. I need to. Ticket, tickets are cheap enough. I need to take yeah. the boy out there. The maybe boy, we'll, the maybe we'll take a show. Uh, yeah. Let's take a show trip. Let's go. Take I still sh- want to go to FC Dallas game. Uh, thank you for that transition. Uh, I've got a few minutes here to talk about soccer. Uh, speaking of slumps, uh, FC Dallas is last in the Western Conference. Um, we've got six points out of a total 21 available. So in soccer, you get three points for a win. You get one for a draw. We are one, three, and three. Um, so um, yeah, six points out of a possible twenty-one. It's not good. Um, I don't know what to say. The Hunts, who own the Kansas City Chiefs, there's nothing to get rid of them. There's no way to get rid of them. They're uh, they're a founding family in this league. Their father Lamar, you know, founded was one of the key founders in the MLS. Um, 
yeah, kept it alive. Stuff. Kept it alive when it was uh, probably going to fold there in the early 2000s. So uh, we just built the National Soccer Hall of Fame there in Frisco at the stadium. So there's just no way to get rid of them. And uh, they treat this as a business, uh, not as a uh, you know a team that they that they they don't that that they want to win. Um, so yeah, six points out of possible 21, um, other soccer news, the Euro 2020 tournament, which was being played in 2021, thanks to COVID last year is going to set to kick off next week. And for all you that don't know, the Euros are basically like a world cup style tournament, but just with teams in Europe. So it's like a mini world cup. The level of competition is super high. Um, I love it because I get that two year kind of fix in between world cups every four. So, uh, it's great for me. Um, I'll be watching. It's like a month long, just soccer fest for me. Uh, I'll have it on at work on my phone. Um, so it'll be great. Um, players or teams to watch out for probably my top four are are England, uh, Belgium, um, France, and I'll say... Either Germany or Croatia. I'll say Germany. Um, how the Croatians doing? That was my Cinderella team from yeah, last year's World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, Germany and, and England are final four from the World Cup. France won it, right? France won it, and over England, over Croatia. Hey, um, I should have so known that. Those are my boys. That's coming up. Um, that's exciting. Um, so I've got a month long, uh, you know, tournament to to look forward to. The U.S. men's national team is in action tonight against Honduras. We watched it before we started recording. They were, it was nil-nil against Honduras. So that's my little two or three minutes on soccer. Um, but uh, with you want me to give you the no, update? I want to finish it when I get okay. home. All right. uh, <laughs> that'll bring us into what are we watching and what are we listening to. Uh, let's get through that and we'll, we'll wrap it up and get on out of here. Uh, so what have you been watching? What I've been watching? I'm going to start with what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. That's just because I wrote it down first. Go ahead. It's a podcast called uh, Gangster Capitalism. Mm, yeah, I started a few of them. They're good. Yeah, yeah. So there's three different seasons. It talks about how in each season's about a scandal. It's about a scandals about greed, power, greed, hypocrisy, and of course money. So like I said, three seasons. The first one follows the college admission scandal, which you know kind of rock like was brought to prominence like in a couple of years, and just shows like you know how money can. Weasel your way into any college for the right price and just, you know, how they were taking the spot of, like, someone who either worked hard or academically or athletically and they just took that spot right from them. So it kind of pissed you off. Uh, Season two is about the self-imploding of the NRA and how their actions of greed, like, helped tear them apart. That was really interesting. And the current season that they're going is about Jerry Falwell and Liberty University and, um... Yeah, he's just a really shitty guy, and that's just like a real piece of shit university that doesn't care about its people. So that one's going on right now. I just listened to episode three. It's going to be like an eight-parter, so it's still going. But season three already has got me like pissed off at him. And then another one. These are both on Spotify, by the way. It's called Backstage to the Devil in Metal. And it's just hosted by this guy that's been like a metal writer for like probably 40 years, you know, like since the early 80s. So he's got like – he's got – all the connections. He's got all these old interviews with people that he can drum up. He's got current interviews, past interviews, and um, it's just kind of like the history of metal. So it starts off with like the origins and how there was like the big satanic panic 
And then there was one about like the one of the episodes was just uh, solely about Black Sabbath. Another one was about the girls and the groupie scene. And then the latest one was called um, Heroin Absolute Evil Volume One because heroin just like ravaged, you know, starting with like. 70s rockers 80s and 90s and even into the 2000s just like just ruined people's careers and like obviously cost people their lives so he just talks about how you know guys like Nikki six from motley crew how they live through it and tell these stories and they act like it's all cool but they're like you know that's the least cool thing to do is be strung out like that so it's just really interesting because like i said it's like really fucking great and it's like you're reading like or listening to like an audiobook with the way he's has has interviews and um describes everything so it's really cool sounds gnarly on me? You're not watching anything? What am I watching? Uh, me and Claire have been addicted to Cord Cam. It's like, it's it's on like A&E. So it's like the same guy that hosted like Live PD, but now it's old, old footage. Not old, really. It's in the last year or two, but some of them go back to, you know, 15 years ago. But it's just the wildest moments caught, captured on those closed circuit yeah. uh, court cams. Yeah. It's just, just fucking crazy dude and like we always sit up when he's like in this next case takes us to dade county florida or wherever anytime you hear florida <laughs> you we just, just sit, like, up. sit up yeah it's like oh shit's about to get crazy and it is man like people will go in for the most minor thing and then they'll like pull a shank out and start like trying to stab an attorney <laughs> oh it's like he went in for a traffic violation and now he has attempted murder charges you it's had like, to pay like, 200 dude, bucks yeah, dude, and you were out of here fine but since you're in florida you tried to kill him so we've been watching that like we probably watched 20 episodes this past salt week. yeah and then um I watched Saving Private Ryan for Memorial Day. I put on here, it's probably my favorite war movie and my favorite Spielberg movie, and I think that was Spielberg's Apex Mountain. That was, like, from the beginning, from D-Day, like, that opening scene. I remember watching it as a brutal, kid, dude. just being like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. And then it's like, then they're in the ruins of France, and it really feels like you're in, like, war-torn France. So it's just, like, the set design, the acting, and the cinema, it's just, Probably my, like I said, probably my favorite war movie and my favorite Spielberg movie. So I watched it on Saturday night, and um, just thoroughly enjoyed it. it's one of my favorite movies sweet sounds good um so i finally finished house of cards never finished it finally finished it um no it really huh no spoilers, no spoilers. i'll okay. get to it eventually uh let me try to do this um oh well, you're gonna spoil it i was uh it really sucks that um kevin spacey was touching boys because i feel like yeah that is unfortunate i feel like they rushed through that well, was a bombshell. Nobody expected it to happen. And I think the series would have went on past six seasons, but with him out, they had to pivot. They pivoted. Yeah. And the last season there was, was a, was a bummer. Still very good. Probably, you know, it was probably a top 10 series and we may have to do a Mount Rushmore in our favorite TV series. Yeah, of all we time. talked about that. That'd be um, a good one. But yeah, it was, it's still very good. I love like the political stuff like that. Um, that's really how I think it is though, man. No, like, literally a house of cards, like built on lies. And that's why when people, I don't support a party. I don't support politics. I don't support politicians yeah, because fucking evil and it doesn't matter what side you're on. It doesn't fucking matter. They have the same in-game goal. Yes. It's all, yeah. it, watch, it, if y'all think politics matter, if you think you matter in politics, please watch House of Cards because you don't. None of us matter. Just numbers. To it them. just it doesn't fucking matter, and the and and it is just as seedy and backstabby and fucking disgusting as you think it is. And I think this show does a great job at depicting that. I agree. That's why I, I haven't don't, seen I, it, but I've heard that, so I agree. That's why I don't wrap up wrap myself up in politics. Um, restarted Peaky Blinders, another show where I kind of got two or three seasons in, and got busy or 
watch something else, but uh, restarted it. It's got Killian Murphy in it. It's got Sam O'Neill in it. Um, in later seasons, it's got Ed Hardy or Ed Hardy, <laughs> Tom Hardy. <laughs> Fashion icon, <laughs> yeah. Ed Hardy. Sorry, I was thinking about what shirt I was gonna wear tomorrow. <laughs> uh, no, it's got it's got Tom Hardy in it, and it's set in 1930s Birmingham, and it's got everything you would want. It's a gangster movie. It's got if you love British British accents, it's got those aplenty. Um, there's sex, there's drugs, there's all. It's just it's a really great show. So I restarted on season one. I'm probably halfway through. Um, and then I listened to. Um, a show you turned me on, Imposters. Yeah, that was spy. a good fucking season. Um, or it was like one season, but I burned through all six episodes so in I. one day. It, and he, re- he really did a good job of taking you on that ride of like the ride he went on. He was like, okay, I think I believe this guy. And then just showing his total fall. And I, I really enjoyed it. And then the next uh, one I started today, I sent it to you. It's called Exit Scam. Yeah, I'm going to start that soon. Um, it's about this uh, Canadian dude who had the largest Bitcoin um, depository or Bitcoin exchange in Canada. And he died uh, holding like $250 million of customers' God. money. And he didn't leave a password to unlock the wallets. And so it's just sitting there. It's just sitting there. As in, I tried password. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I should try it. Um, but it's not just about that, but it's about how people don't think he's really dead. And they're going to dig into his past, and I think they're going to kind of try to frame this guy as like a con artist, and he's always kind of been this way. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good, because he died in India. Uh, and there's, they have an expert on, like, right where I left off before I started watching Cool Runnings today, they were saying, you know, there's two or three, four countries that you could fake your death. Yeah, in, so India's in, India is one of them. And death, so it was, like, sure. right there, they're trying to set a big hook, and I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to get to it. So, um, but yeah, Exit Scam, it's really good. Um, and, yeah, like I said, Finish House Cards, restarted Peaky Blinders. I've got Euro 2020 coming up next week. If you've got you know, days off, you know, they're going to play Saturdays and Sundays, or if you want to set your DVR, you're going to see some really high level, uh, soccer being played. So it's like a mini world cup. So if you enjoy the world cup, if you enjoy that competition, jump on that. Um, you got anything else? Yeah. I wish my daughter a happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Ellie. (laughs) And it's Eric's daughter's birthday too. It is. Yeah. Harper. Happy birthday. Bunch of, bunch of birthdays. Um, but yeah, guys, we appreciate all the support we get. Um, if anybody's interested, we're in the works of some t-shirts. Oh, so if you want to pick up a t-shirt, let me or Andrew know, and we can work on getting you a t-shirt. Um, but we appreciate each and every one of you guys that listen. Um, we wouldn't, couldn't, you know, wouldn't or couldn't do it without you. And well, we could. It would just suck to see, like, no <laughs> listeners. It'd be, like, tears at the end of every episode. Well, I think we just eclipsed 700 total downloads. So, not bad. Uh, we need, like, a chart to show our growth or... I've got one. I've got one I can print out for you. Print it out for me. <laughs> uh, all right. But that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. For Matt. And Andrew. We're out. <laughs>